You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Tux, what's going on, man? Hey, hey. It is going. Long There's time. a decent amount of stuff to happen this week. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. What, what, what was big this week? It's all a blur. Uh, the saddest, the saddest, probably one of the bigger ones is uh, CakePay Mobile shut down because uh, yeah. I had already shut down the web one. That's coming from me. Uh, keep going. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's temporary, but um, it's pretty sad because I actually I actually use that and I got some other people to use it too. Um, it's like hey. You don't want to, you know, you want to feel secure in the fact that you can get out Monero if you need to. Well, you can totally uh, use CakePay. Yeah, it was nice. It was always rounded off the pitch to people whenever I would onboard people, especially like vendor. Like if I'd get like a guy, random vendor or something to accept Monero, he'd be like, all right, well, now what do I do with it? Or what can I do with it? You know, before agreeing to accept it, I'd be like, oh, it's CakePay. You could buy gift cards. So it kind of closed the loop there, although temporary, temporarily, right? Like, obviously, that's, yeah, that's, not, yep. that's not the end goal vision for Monero, right? That people then just use it to buy gift cards. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the, of course, of course. They, they turn around and then spend their Monero directly. Oh, man, I have to use my Monero? Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Um, but it was a nice temporary bridge to make it usable. Fortunate, but. It may come back. It may come back. We'll see. Yeah, I do hear that they're working on other other options, right? So, Someone asked, uh, why did CakePay go down? Um, they're, uh, Tony will talk about this in the news. But yeah, we'll credit- get into it. We don't want, we don't want yeah, to stay yeah. big over, <laughs> over again. Uh, but it was basically their provider. It wasn't it wasn't yep. down, but provider that I think no longer wants to be the gift card provider. Um, yeah, man. I guess let, let's get the show. Let's get the show started so we could, uh, you know, keep it under three hours <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go ahead and get body up on here for the price report the monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by local monero avoid using kyc exchanges buy and sell monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer hey guys how y'all doing this lovely morning hey buddy what's going on Yo, man? buddy just chilling man chilling we had a lot of um i'm sure you guys noticed we had a lot of price action this week yeah things were a little crazy i wasn't i wasn't really paying close attention but um another fun week right yeah i mean i say we monero as you can see was well not too spectacular with anything happening but uh in the we realm of traders and degens alike uh, we had quite a lot happen this week yeah, Monero was like a stable coin this week. Everything else is going. And today, it even bounced back up a little bit this morning. So yeah. it's hilarious. Well, like when nothing else moves, that's when Monero. I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I guess um, you know now that you mention it. Uh, yeah, we Monero had a nice little pop here this morning, and everything else is still kind of down. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at this on the daily. Yeah, big crash, and then uh, green candle back to the upside. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't like this price action. Like. 
okay, sure, we had a bunch of a bunch of shit coins pop off. We had the SEC um, take a little bit of uh, a hit on the nose, but like this this shouldn't happen, right? We we we've got so Bitcoin, for example, here went up, and even though this is technically not an engulfing pattern, it gave back every single bit of the gains that happened or last week. Um, we could look at uh, total, and, and basically the same thing happened. And it's like, uh, is this like? Where's the follow through? Where's the follow through on this price action? I, that that's what I want to see. And I'm I'm not saying it won't come. I'm just saying that um, I, I don't I don't like the way that this price action has unfolded. I would have loved to see if yesterday, for example, had kind of maintained this spot up here. Um, so for those that don't know, the big news here was that um, the XRP trial had a big. Um, it, it's called summary uh, summary judgment. So it, it's kind of when the the court decides that hey. Matters of facts and law are clear enough that we don't really need to um, to go settle all of this in court. We don't need to hash all of this out. Um, and I think there's still, and, and I think I have a slight misunderstanding of summary judgment here. I need to like brush up my my understanding. Um, but it, it essentially places the burden of proof in one direction. So um, a lot of people, uh, I've seen so much confusion here on Twitter, and I feel like it's probably a good opportunity to address it right here. Um, what is a security? Right. Is XRP a security? A lot of people um, were like, no, that's not what the SEC said. They, they, they said that, uh, you know, there, there was sales of securities and, and they did say that. Um, so let's like take a step back maybe and, and say, OK, what's a security? A security is an investment contract. And you have to realize that an investment contract is kind of a bit of an abstraction. Right. An investment contract says, OK, I'm going to one person is going to give uh, give money or consideration, uh, as it's called in the law. And another party is going to make promises to deliver um, on some kind of like value exchange here where they're going to make, um, they promise to, through their managerial efforts to improve the value of the thing that the person is holding. Now, the thing could be all kinds of things. It could be orange groves in uh, in Florida, <laughs> aka Howie. Um, it could be an XRP token. Now, the important thing that the judge said, and one of the first things the judge said in um, Judge Torres in her ruling was that the XRP ledger... XRP as a token is not necessarily a security. Okay, now it, it's it's not that she says like, like she basically said okay it's 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 not necessarily a security and it's not about the network it's not about the token the token might represent the abstraction of an investment contract okay but that doesn't make the XRP ledger or the token itself the security and I, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter where people are like well how it's but it's not a security if you sell it this way but it, it is a security if you sell it this way yes. The difference is whether or not you have made some kind of exchange of a contract. So what the judge ruled is that the initial um, sort of the um, the non-programmatic sales, the, the sales to institutional investors, where Ripple as a company said, hey, we're going to sell you this token. This token uh, is a representation of value through our managerial efforts. We're going to improve the value of this token. And, and here's what we're going to do. We're accepting your money. Um, to, to try and do that, right? To, to try and execute on the value improvement of this token. Um, that is an investment contract, right? That's even if you didn't write it down on paper and sign it in blood or whatever, like that's still a, that's still that's still a, a sort of a promise of managerial effort to improve the value of the token that they sold those people. Now, if those same people go out and they sell their own tokens on a secondary market, that's not necessarily an investment contract between Ripple, the company and anyone else that buys it. Um, and so that was sort of the second thing, or maybe the third thing that the judge ruled. So first of all, XRP is not necessarily 
um, an investment contract, right? A, a, a token, like as the network itself, it's not an, it's not a security. It's not an investment contract in and of itself. It's about the exchange and the way that the exchange was made. So the initial institutional investors, that was the next thing, um, did, uh, make an exchange of securities, right? XRP or sorry, ripple did sell securities to the institutional investors that they made promises to. But then the programmatics, they called it programmatic sales. So it's kind of like they were on exchanges and they were just like, you know, selling liquidity into the market. Um, they didn't know who the buyers were and the buyers didn't know who the seller was either. So it's like, how can you say that, that a contract exists when there's sellers that don't even know who the buyer is? Or sorry, when there's buyers that don't even know who the seller is. So that's kind of like, that was the big news. That was like the, the thing that motivated the pump was that the judge said XRP is not in and of itself a security. Yes, they sold some investment contracts to um, institutional investors, but the programmatic buyers on exchanges didn't even know a lot of times that they were buying. In fact, almost all the time, didn't know that they were buying directly from Ripple. Now, one little nuance that happened here was that the judge, <clears throat> the judge also said, I'm not saying this, uh, Judge Torres said, I'm not saying that secondary sales are not securities. That's not before the court. That matter, I can't rule on it because it's not here before the court. But she made some comparisons that were like that if it was before the court, you you have a pretty good idea of how she would have ruled on that. Um, so anyways, that that's the big news. That's why everything pumped. You saw shit coins pop off. Um, that's kind of one thing that uh, uh, that we talked about that. You know, we, we could see shitcoins pop off here. It, it makes some sense to to potentially expect that. Yeah. Personally, well, I think I you found should... to be most interesting about it is it effectively had the opposite effect on what the SEC. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to protect investors. You know, you um, just had all these people aping into Ripple and like a hundred other scam tokens because of this those, news. Those it was like DGens. I can't believe them. Right. <laughs> like so it, it accomplished nothing. Like, <laughs> Looks in the mirror. <laughs> right. It just got people to do what the SEC, you know, supposedly doesn't want people, right? Is like I mean shitty, make shitty investments. Not gonna lie. I would I saw the news drop within about 30 minutes. Um got up a little bit late that day, but as soon as I got up, I was like, oh shit, I missed it. And then I was like, wait, this only happened 30 minutes ago. 10x long. <laughs> 10X uh, yeah, long of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm saying that's that's the irony of all, the, all this, right? Like, so what, what did they achieve? Like, the, um, their, their mandate is to protect investors, right? And basically, uh, you know, prevent people from getting scammed. That's like, like essentially is, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. People are too dumb to to make to make smart decisions on their own, so we got to protect investors. I'm not saying I, I agree with this, but that, that's like what what their mandate is, and effectively, they they cause the opposite effect. I guess if we look at the spirit of the law, um, yeah, that, that would be true. If we looked at the letter of the law, their their purpose is to protect people um, from those who would make promises of delivery on investment contracts. <laughs> that would be the purpose of the SEC to 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 make sure that people offering investment contracts and promises of um, you know of managerial effort um, make certain disclosures. Uh, yeah, so, they're trying to protect people against fraud, right? And trying to protect people against shit. Well, they're, they're trying to protect people against one kind of fraud. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I mean, if I want to put on my legal hat here and I want to, like, try and defend the SEC, which I really don't want to do, but, you know, let, let, like, if we were to really come at it from, like, a, well, you know, actually or technically or whatever, you would say that the SEC is there to protect people um, in investment contracts. So, mm, I mean, if you're going to buy and sell and speculate on baseball cards, like the SEC can't help you, right? There's nothing they can, there's nothing the SEC can do if you're going to buy and speculate on, on baseball cards or gold and silver or really commodities or any asset that's not technically an investment contract. But under the spirit of the law, I mean, 100%. Yeah, like all that, all that happened here 
Um, right. But that's also because you you can't. It's not as easy to. You could do a lot more damage with securities, you know, contracts than baseball cards and duping people. The you know the the the, the stock exchange has the ability to, to to pull in a lot more money and do a lot more damage, right? People just just running scams and creating fake you know fake companies, penny stocks. I mean, look at like. Like BitConnect is a, is a great example, right? Say like BitConnect is good for society, right? And if you could if you could press an ethical button to make it go away, uh, it, it, you know I, I would probably press that button to, to help the world, right? Uh, but then you know the libertarian to me is like you know let people do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, but the the purpose of the SEC would be to prevent something like a BitConnect from right from allowing just some complete and utter scam that destroys people right yeah yeah you might um one thing about the SEC that or, or generally like any any government agency is that it's hard for them to prevent anything the, the like the best they can do is after the fact be like no that was that was bad we're gonna you know take your money and throw you in jail but imagine if if the SEC like went after a whole bunch of people in 2021 during the bull market. And and then uh, everyone would blame them like, oh, you stopped the bull market. It should have gone higher. And you even, you, you see this with Bitcoin maximalists. They'd be like, they, they, they find these reasons. They'd be like, oh, well, it, it was supposed to go higher, but insert reason and uh, and everything crashed. Um, and I, I actually, I did the same thing in 2018. Um, I blamed the Bcashers for my losses. You know, it's like, you know, I, I made all this money and, you know, it was amazing. And then it went down and I was like, ah, oh, it was the Bcashers fault because they, they, they split the network and, and uh, we should be higher. And, you know, I was just trying to, I was, I was externalizing the blame for um, my failure to, to sell the top and, and also to not recognize um, how we even got to 20 K in the first place in 27. Like that was, that was a significant component of fraud there. Um, and like, I don't know, just pumpage and, and obviously like hype and exuberance, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're hundred percent right. Like the SEC allegedly exists to prevent this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and then yesterday it just went crazy. Awesome. Like billions of dollars went in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, uh, whoops. It's, it's just, I mean, which is why, you know, libertarian to me shows like how useless it is. And like, really, what does it do at the end of the day? I mean, it just creates regulatory capture, right? It ends up just helping out you know, those that are able to, uh, you know, large company attorneys and whatnot and, and deal with the regulations and deal with the SC and hurts the little man and, and ends up hurting the small investors at the end of the day. Right. Uh, the individuals uh, it ends up punishing them more than more than helping. them. At the end of the day, what, what really would would help people. Right. Is, is information people getting, you know, quote unquote, correct information and uh, having access to as much as possible, good decisions on their own. Uh, and just yeah. give people access and let them do whatever the hell they want to do. Uh, I have this like this libertarian fantasy where the SEC is not a like a prosecutory agency. They're just an information agency. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we we looked at this coin. We looked at that coin. We looked at this and this and that. And here's all the information. And we're, we're just going to publicly publish everything that we found. And um, right. we so, think yeah. these guys like that would be amazing. I think people could make far better decisions if the SEC was just like not a not a regulatory like oh we're gonna take you to court and mess you up like but we're just gonna tell you what we think like that would be so much better and so i mean conclusion too right like the story's not over people people took this as news that 
in many cases, coins like Ripple will not be a security, but that's not necessarily, we're not there yet. I mean, that, that can change on a dime, right? This was just, it was essentially, it was part of this case. It wasn't really the, the essence of what this case was about. And people are, are, extrapol- are extracting it as law from this case. Uh, but, you know. Other, there's going to be there's going to be other cases. There's going to be you know this this isn't like the the this isn't the law to rule the land right now in the U.S. Uh, I'd say I don't think right I don't I don't think people could take it to the bank that this now means that uh, you know something like Ripple in most instances is not considered a security. I don't think we're um, there yet. That's a pretty big question or a pretty pretty big topic to unwrap. Yeah. Um. Solid. So. Show this was summary judgment, right? So, summary judgment is not like an official ruling on the case. And even if it was an official ruling on the case, you would have an appeal. You might even have the opportunity to appeal the appeal to the Supreme Court. And that's usually, you know, that's usually what happens. Um, however, there have been other rulings. So, for example, the um, uh, what was the telegram? Was it TON? TON? I can't remember the name of the token, but um, there have been other rulings where judges have said. A digital token is not in and of itself a security. What you need is an, you need the consideration given by one party in exchange for the promises of managerial effort. So um, a, a Ripple token in this case, for example, might represent an investment contract. And this is kind of the abstraction that I think people maybe have a little bit of a hard time with. The thing that's regulated by the SEC, the security, the quote unquote security, is the investment contract and it's an abstraction, right? It It, it depends on like, did you make promises and what kind of like consideration was given and who are the parties and what are the circumstances and the facts surrounding everything that happened, et cetera, um, which could make a token, a digital token, a representation of, uh, of an investment contract. But that doesn't make it the investment contract itself. We have seen other rulings um, come down from courts where the court has said, um, no, this is, and I'm pretty sure it was the Telegram case um, where they said, no, the, the token itself is not the security. The, the security was the thing that was exchanged, the abstraction that was exchanged, the promises. Um, and the token might represent that security, but it's not the security itself. And in terms of like how the law works and in terms of just like basic logic, I think that this ruling that, that has just happened, the summary judgment from Ripple, we should expect to continue to see this kind of thing play out. Like, okay, the, the, the fat lady hasn't sung. We could, you know, maybe the Supreme Court says, Something else, right? Maybe there's uh, all all digital tokens or securities, including Bitcoin and Monero, right? I doubt that will happen, but um, you know, we we haven't like really seen like the final 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 ruling on, on this. But I do think that um, to me, the law and that paradigm is very clear. When I put on my legal hat, when I think in that in that paradigm, it's very clear that not all digital tokens are securities. Ethereum as a network is probably not security, and that was probably like. Um, it, what's funny is like this kind of ruling has already happened in the past and people just like, they, it wasn't a big deal because that wasn't like the headliner, you know, SEC attack, whereas, whereas Ripple was. Um, but I mean, I I do think that, that we should expect this trend to continue. I I don't think that what happened, um, two days ago is, is not, I don't think it's any like big, um, significant, um, revelation, right? It's, it's not something like, oh my God, wow, we had no idea. Like, this is what we should have expected the judge to rule. I think within that paradigm, um, the judge made a correct ruling. I expect it to stand um, in, uh, in in appellate courts. There maybe is a little bit of, of wiggle room here because the judge didn't rule on secondary market sales. The judge ruled on the programmatic sales. So Ripple was apparently, and this was news to me, so I, I had to learn a little bit here. Ripple was making programmatic sales 
of its token on exchanges. Um, but they were basically like a market maker, right? They they were they they would put orders up, you know, and people would fill those orders. Um, and, and so they were like programmatic sales, but they didn't know who the counterparty was. That was the broker, the exchange that managed all that. And so the judge said, because listen, if you were the person buying that Ripple, you didn't know who was selling it. And thus you didn't, you had no idea whether or not you were giving money directly to the managerial efforts of Ripple to, to make your token go up. You were just trading. You were like speculatively, you know, buying a thing and you can buy all kinds of things speculatively that are not investment contracts that are not securities. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, that my, my personal, um, take on, on what's happening there. Uh, in front of us here, we have the ripple chart and, um, this is one of the things that I use that I've told you guys about since forever. Um, these blue lines represent, uh, standard deviations and you can kind of see there's like a cluster, a big cluster of standard deviations. We're on the daily chart. So this is kind of long time frames. Um, and basically it kind of gives you this range where you might expect a, a top to happen. So, um, I kind of like, I told you, I, you know, I made a little DJ play just cause of, yeah, you know, why not? Um, so I kind of rode this thing up to the lower edge of the bands here and then got out. Uh, but it, you know, it still had a lot more to go, but, um, this is something I call wave magic, uh, cause it's kind of wavy, looks cool. And it gives you like these sort of almost magical levels sometimes about, uh, about what's happening. Um, so anyways, I, right now, guys, if you're, if you're a trader, don't expect to, to be hitting another, like, you know, two X gain here on ripple. Um, this is going to be a hard stopping point for now. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a pretty big range. Oops. Uh, it's pretty big range. So like, let's, let's take a look here. That's 35%, right? So there's the possibility if you're a DJ and trader that you could like operate in this range of 35% for, for a while. Um, but for ripple to go higher, like it, it's, it's got to stop and consolidate before it like decides to take off to the upside. So, um, you know, hopefully I, I don't, I wouldn't guess we have too many DJ traders here, <laughs> you know, watching the podcast, but Hey, just in case. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's really our, uh, audience, but I'm sure there's, there's a few. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh well uh, so i mean what are you gonna do like we're sitting here flat 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 on monero and uh and then ripple decides to go 2x bcash goes 3x it's like okay well maybe i'll punt a little bit i mean i guess that's maybe that's just me but no yeah go out there and have fun by all means anybody that has the uh the the mindset for it right do it yeah that's stressful but if you can do it more power to you just be aware of the risk you know (laughs) probably gonna lose all your money (laughs) (laughs) just be prepared just be prepared to lose (laughs) Like body, like you. I mean, you you pay close fucking attention to it. Obviously, you're studying this stuff, all right. I mean, I'm sure your advice is like, don't really dabble in this and start placing bets and really paying close attention, right? Because things things move so fast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're the average Joe, what you need to do is position for the months long time frame to years long time frame. Um, you don't want to be like. Even when you're watching the markets, it's so easy to miss like a little thing. Um, like for example, last year when uh, when Elon Musk was like, "Okay, I'm going to settle. We're going to drop the case. I'm going to buy Twitter. Sorry, you know, whatever. Let, let, let's let's just like move this thing on." Um, for whatever reason, my brain didn't process. I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, that means Doge will go up." Um, and so then Doge pumps like like 100. percent uh, Whereas everything else was still flat and almost down, and then everything crashed right before like the ultimate washout. And, uh, later a friend of mine, uh, you know, a, a trader friend of mine is like, oh yeah, yeah, I got into Doge. I was like, bro, why didn't you share that information with us? You know, with the group, this is why we have this group here, uh, so that we can share these kinds of information. And he's like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about it. Um, so it, it's just, it's so easy to miss something. It's so easy to be like, like to, to just not think of, uh, of an idea. 
um, even if you're watching it all the time. Um, and then there's the stress, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm in a position that's leveraged. Maybe I'll get liquidated. I, I need to watch the market and see how this thing develops. Like you're, you're like for almost everybody that your best bet is first of all, DCA and HODL, right? Obviously. Um, and if you want to trade, and I do recommend actually that people pay attention to the markets and try and get on the right side of big macro trends that are going to develop over like the next year or so. Um, you know, for example, like 2021, sell the top, right? Like at least take some profit, take your initial investment off the table times two. Um, and then like, wait, like, don't be buying all the way down, wait until the, the conditions turn around. Um, but I mean, yeah, hundred percent, like with what you said, like, you know, you, you've got to watch the thing like all the time and, and things can change. Um, and maybe that's just like personally my style. Other people have like very algorithmic kind of styles where they, they get in under certain conditions and, and then they exit under other conditions. And it's like, you know, they're, they're not like, it's, it's, it's not that they have to watch it every time and all the time it's, they, they've got their, like their stop loss to take profit. It's very algorithmic in nature and, and okay. Like if you want to do that, you know, a lot of people make money doing that. Um, it can be difficult, but um, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, don't trade guys. <laughs> I am proud to say I did make money on Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only shit coin I made money on. I probably lost more overall though. I will say. I mean, yeah, I it, it's, fun. it's fun. Dogecoin. It's fun to trade. And obviously when you win it, you know, it, it that's what pulls you in, but it, it becomes a major time sink then too, you know, it's, oh, like, yeah. and it's it, like, you have to make money on it. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, six months later, you're like, shit. What have I done? And then it's like, you know, how much do you have more or less than what you started with? Because not only did you potentially not make money, you also wasted it, you know? So you, you just got to be cognizant of these things before you, before you start. I can't paying. even, I can't oh, even no. tell you like how poignant that is. Like, it, it's kind of like poker. Um, I lived in Vegas for a few years and uh, not to go play poker, but because I was there, I was like, yeah, I'll go play some poker. And at some point there, I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm just staring at cards over and over again. Like, what a waste of time. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel a little bit the same about the markets. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at all these charts and um, been trying to live out in the, in the real world a little bit more the past few months. And, uh, you know, kind of take my own advice and just sort of position for the longer time frame. But uh, I mean, bro, 100%, 100%. So just pe be aware of those. Make them, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. One more thing. Let's cover the Dixie if we, you know, um, that was kind of an important. Um, so I, I still am like leery that that the potential for a top could be in progress here. I don't like when I see the entire market get extremely bullish and everyone is super happy. And then we get like this stupid price action, um, for example, on Bitcoin here where it's like flat, 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 you know, almost kind of like a BART chart pretends like it's going to break out and then, you know, slams back down at the downside. I, I don't like that. Like I said, I'm not calling, I'm not, I'm not top calling just yet. Um, but one thing we've talked a lot about here is the Dixie. And um, uh, last week we had, we had talked about like, okay, well, we don't, I don't expect this, this to break here just yet, but I, you know, I kind of expected some ranging and then maybe this is going to break out here. The violence of this move to the downside um, on, on the news of, um, of the inflation. Uh, so the inflation numbers came out on Wednesday this week and uh, actually like things, things really dropped. The CPI is now at 2.97%. Like that's, that's in trend. That's in trend with the past two decades of just like hyper-financialization number go up kind of bullshit. Um, the, uh, the orange here is uh, again, the core inflation, which is minus uh, food and energy. It's a little bit more sticky, but it also took a nice big drop. Like this thing just like went from 5% down to, um, what is that? 4.8. Um, sorry, not 5%, 5.3% down to 4.8. So it dropped by half a percent. Um, we still need to see the core inflation drop down a little bit, but 
effectively what I think happened is when these numbers came out and there was also like the non-farm payrolls, which I don't really follow that much, but apparently it's kind of a big deal. The dollar index just like cratered, like this thing fell off a cliff, right? And what we're looking at here is a decade long trend line. Um, you can see that breaking down this trend line here uh, was was basically the bull market um, of 2020, right? That right there. So 2020, 2021, the dollar index dropping low signaled the bull market uh, that was like happening. And so this decades long trend line has, has just been broken and the week just closed below it. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, I really didn't. So um, in kind of real time early this week, I had to sort of reevaluate um, what I was thinking about, um, you know, what, like what's happening here and, and whether or not there's more uh, juice to be squeezed from crypto and stocks. Um, stocks took a big, you know, pump. Uh, we had talked about sort of this, like this line right here, and then things just went up. So um, again, like Doug, you were talking about, you look at this thing all the time, you got to be watching it all the time. And if you're not, you could miss something. And um like this week was a perfect example of, of exactly that because early this week when the Dixie um, just cratered on, on the numbers uh, on the non-farm payrolls, I had to start saying to myself, hmm, maybe maybe my thesis of potentially a top here is uh, a little bit premature. And so I, I basically had to like reverse um, that thesis. Now, I didn't have any positions that were necessarily based on that, but if you're a trader, like you, you have to be very nimble and very quick to be like, nope, I was wrong. Like <laughs> one, one of the hardest things, you know, for crypto bros to do is be like, nope, I was wrong. Uh, but a trader, like you, you have to do that. Like you have to always keep your mind open to the potential that, that your thesis might be wrong. And so like the stock market pumped and the Dixie crashed and this, like the violence of this crash really makes me reconsider whether or not, um, we are near a top things could continue going here. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, like this candle here that happened in the past days, that's not good price action. Let's go down to the four hour, but like this shit shouldn't happen. Like we should break out. There should be follow through. In fact, before the ripple ruling, there should have already been follow through. This thing should be up uh, up here. Like we should be above this level right here. Like, so the fact things crash down here, maybe it's just like market makers scrolling with the market and they're going to be like, ha ha, no, just kidding. And then go up, right? Who knows? But I just don't like the way this price action looks. Nevertheless, we've got like kind of these other signs that, um, you know, we just, we just have to pay attention to the stock market is continuing to go up. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, the report here today on, on, uh, on what's going on. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it was a little bit educational for, for people on securities and, and investment contracts. Um, like we always say, don't be a trader, stop trading. You Somebody, know, uh, somebody's asking about, uh, our pirate chain. Oh God. Okay. You want, you want to pull that up and give you, give your assessment? <laughs> I will, uh, let's see, A-R-R-R. We definitely have some R fan in the house. Let's see, I guess Qcoin, probably Qcoin would be the one. Hmm, R made a whole two, oh, that was, that's the one, I don't want to go to the date. Uh, I don't know, I mean, uh... <laughs> Is it time I to go about this yeah, it's all on you. I think it's about to 2 or 3x, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's see, if we were to, if R was about to 2x, that would be <laughs> right here. <laughs> What what is the market cap? Um, I don't know. It can't be good. Like, let's. I guess we can. coin market cap. The the place that I would say. Yeah. Why yeah, why, why do you advise against coin market cap? Um, it's owned by Binance, and they lie, and they they like they list certain. They'll take coins that are like in the top hundred, and they'll be like, no, we don't like that coin, and they'll put it down on like page three or something. Scumbags. Yeah. I mean, it also is owned by CZ, so pirate chain number four forty eight at a uh, a market cap of thirty six million. Oh my God, oh, guys! Wow. It, for the, for the guy asking about our um, bro, bro, like you can't expect this coin to do anything um, 
I mean, you've probably lost everything. Like if you held R from the top, like there's almost like right. you, you might as well kind of probably be holding. another pump, but expect that, you know, there'll be another dump. It's not going to ever, you know, it's not long term. You're, you're, we're not going to be R. I mean, I mean, 90% was mined within three years on ASICs. Like there are not, there's no organic market that, that got into R early. Not, not like Monero, not even like Bitcoin, not even like Ethereum. Like, yeah, okay. They had the pre-mine, but they sold most of it. Uh, maybe they sold it to their friends and did some like trickery on the back end that we couldn't see. Who knows? But um, at least you could still mine it with a GPU for for years and years. Like R is like like they 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 mined all of it like almost immediately on ASICs. And I just can't understand like why, uh, other than playing this market for you know degen pump gains. Like why would you why would you hold this? You're just enriching some asshole somewhere. Agreed. It's good advice for people out there that are curious about R. Be careful. Looks like it got a ten percent pump recently. Amazing. So, body overall, man. So, so, do you think this this ripple thing is kicking off a you know a kind of like bullish market for the for the quote unquote alts? Um, alt season. I think that that kind of sort of. Um, maybe we could take a look at dominance to get an overview of that. So, there's Bitcoin there's the dominance. Let's clear all the colorful stuff. I mean, Bitcoin dominance uh, has taken a nice little drop here, kind of hit that 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 level 52.25 there. Um, to, to answer your question directly, um, kind of, we um, there's the opportunity for alts to pop off a few at a time. And this is something I posted um, a couple weeks ago on Twitter. Expect alts to continue popping off a handful at a time. Some alts like Ripple and I think Ada maybe um, and like the ones particularly that were like, is it a security? Is it not a security? We don't know. Oh my God, you know, uncertainty. Those coins did pretty well, but other alts did not do well. I personally, you know, again, I see the action here on Bitcoin. It's not, there's no follow through there on Bitcoin. Um, you see the action on the overall crypto market. There's no follow through. You're seeing a few coins pump one at a time or like maybe like four or five, 10 at a time, whatever. Um, but you're not seeing like broad positivity follow through on the market. And that, to me, like, I don't like the way that looks. I, I don't, that doesn't signal strength to me. Things need to pump broadly, like overall, like the whole crypto market needs to go up um, with the stock market, which by the way is pumping um, to, to like sort of convince me that, that like there's a real move here. Otherwise, it, it just seems to me like um, slushing funds around, right? You've got like market makers, you've got exchanges and CZ or whoever. Um, slushing funds between one coin to the next coin from Bcash to, okay, you know, Bcash wasn't a security, you know, and then it got added by EDX and pump that shit 3X and oh, well, now, now, now we have the Ripple ruling. Okay, we'll slush those funds into, into Ripple and, um, you know, try and dump as much coin as we can on the plebs that are exuberant about, about the ruling. Like maybe that's not what's happening here, but, um, I always remain suspicious when I don't see like the, the overall broad follow through the like the big picture um, macro view that says okay everything is good everything's pumping everything is like uh, you know set for for gains for a number go up um, I don't necessarily see that across the whole market um, but I mean the setup is there like it, it could still happen right I'm not saying it's not going to happen but um, I'm just I'm just slightly suspicious so for me personally it's like okay if I got some shit coins as they pump I will take profit um, but you know I'm, I, I don't I don't think necessarily that that this ruling is going to drive the next bull market in crypto. That's that's not really where my where my thinking is at here on this. All right, man. Good stuff. Anything, anything else you want to put out there? Um, I do think that uh, as like a larger picture that regulatory clarity will drive the next bull market. In fact, I think that's like the main thing that will drive uh, obviously liquidity and, you know, 
printing of money, et cetera, that, that will also drive the next bull market. But the, the narrative that's going to emerge, I believe, in, in the next year or so is um, as we see more rulings like this, um, that's that's going to like enable corporations like um, BlackRock or whoever to put money into crypto and the regulatory clarity is what's going to actually drive the real bull market. I'm just not convinced that this is it. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Good assessment as always, awesome. buddy. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for keeping an eye on the markets so we don't have to. <laughs> uh, Anon, Anon Mon, time is better spent building businesses rather than trading the markets. I, per- I personally agree with that. Um, or like we said, you know, if you're going to do the trading, then you got to, you know, you got to dedicate. You got you to just be cognizant of what you're doing because at the end of the day, the most valuable asset is your time, right? So you want to make sure you, you spent it well. Yep. You only get one shot at this, guys. If you want to spend it just looking at pirate chain all day <laughs> and hoping that it goes up. Uh, thank you so much, buddy. Um, all right. Stay, stick around if you can, obviously. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, buddy. 100% certified financial advice straight from the source. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are we ready to go on to the dev segment? Let's do it. All right. Let's hit it. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey. What's up, man? Nothing much. How y'all doing? Speaking of building businesses, here, here's a guy who spends a lot of time on that. Absolute <laughs> madman. How's it going, man? Before you get into this week's, uh, what's going on with everything? I don't think we, we've heard an update recently with all your, your exploits. Um, everything's going pretty good. I'm trying to make um, um, an on shop peer-to-peer again, so I'm doing some development for that. And it's going well. People don't read instructions, so I'm trying to make it very, very clear. But it's going pretty well. Now, when you say make a on shop peer-to-peer again, because right now the way it's working is, so when it's peer-to-peer, so people will be going, at, there'll be a marketplace of people buying essentially Amazon products for other people, right? Yeah, essentially, yes. Using um, Amazon Locker and Amazon Hub locations, and then eventually you'll be able to get it delivered to your home with some restrictions. But pretty much making like a peer-to-peer system with that. And also a really cool thing I'm working on right now is um, there's this new project. It's funded by like some... It's actually funded by, I think, in part by the Ethereum Foundation, and it, and it lets you verify web page um, cryptography using cryptography. So basically, you could um, have cryptographic proof that you you delivered an object to a thing, right? If if you trust Amazon like an Oracle, essentially, and so that way it that solves a problem for you. Yeah, exactly. That way, I disputes would just be like, hey, can you show me your your um, the signature of this page? And you're like, yeah. Amazon says I delivered to this. I'm like, oh, okay. So disputes be pretty much straightforward. And most systems rely on like reputation, which is it, it works, but it's like um there's some issues with that. But hopefully um we'll see when it launches. We'll see. <laughs> and and when it does launch as a peer to peer, like uh you know how how what what type of will will people be making you know or what kind of profit will people be making in terms of uh, buying products shipping them for others. I have no idea, honestly, because right now you can set any price that you want. I I don't market, know what the market will, will determine, right? Right. Yeah, I'm. I, I charge ten percent, and I get like maybe like an order every two days. We did like maybe like seven thousand in in volume. Holy shit! Yeah. So wow. if you seven thousand over the course of a month, sorry, that's amazing, man. That's... Oh. <laughs> yeah, hey. Seven so, thousand in terms of like gro- gross gross sales, right? Yeah, like, gross sales. So maybe 
after exchange fees, I don't know, somewhere around like five percent, six percent profit. If you, if you like value my time at zero, you know, just just. <laughs> but as running a business, I'm sure I'm sure that's how you know how that works. But um, so we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe three percent, maybe two, maybe people only want a discount. I mean, personally, I went out of business, so I, 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 I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> are people ex- ordering more expensive things, or are you just getting, like, a ton of orders? You said, like, one every couple of days for just you. Yeah, the order, um, the each order has gone up. So I, I started off doing it at zero and worked my way up to 10%, just increasing the price over time. So over as I did increase the price, I didn't notice that the higher-priced items were being purchased. But I don't know if that's because people trust me more. Or because only people who buy high-priced items want to pay ten percent, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And then, so once you make it peer-to-peer, it, mm-hmm. it so it won't just be you know Degoon doing it. There'll be you know mm-hmm. other people on there, and then I guess they'll, they'll be rated and whatnot based on their you know how reliable they are. As as uh, I don't know what you're calling them on the website. What, what do you? Oh mean? yeah, I'm I'm gonna still purse IOs like earner and like shopper. Okay, you know, so I'm gonna steal their language. Hopefully okay. they don't mind. They they won't be using it anymore. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's well. There's there's a you know a vacuum there, right? So maybe you'll you'll pick up some of those those people, right? Maybe we'll see. Because I mean, it's a little scary when you see someone go out of business. It's like, yeah, great, gonna get more customers, and you're like, wait a minute, why did they go out of business? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, what's, what's... <laughs> what do they know that I don't know? Yeah, what do they know that I don't know? So. It'll, you know, it's software, so it doesn't take a lot to deploy. So I'm just going to deploy it. Hopefully within a week or two, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. That's All awesome. Right. And that shows right. that you actually care about the um, the privacy and, like, doing yeah. this for people. Because, like, if you really wanted to, you could just leave it to yourself and raise it to, you know, even 15%, right? Yeah. Which, uh, you know, you, you do a lot of good work. So honestly, that would, you know, for a lot, that still be pretty reasonable. But like, you're allowing other people to compete in the space. Yeah, I, I want to make it like pretty affordable. Right? That's the goal, right? In my dream world is to have it so that people do it because they want Monero. That way, like, there's no, pr- I mean, even 3%, 4%, man, that's good money. But like, it's, it's not like, you know, like no one's like waking up, oh my God, I made 3% on this, on this sale. Whereas if people are like, I really want to get Monero and like, I really want to get Monero. In a, in a non-KYC manner using a credit card or Amazon account, I think that would be really cool to see, to enable that for people. And people on the other end can get their orders fulfilled with, like, not that much upcharge on it, you know? Because 2 two to 3% for anonymous orders is, like... Oh, that's, like, nothing, yeah. It's, like, nothing, right? Versus, like, when it's just me, I have to charge 10% because, like, I'm doing everything. I don't really have time to process, you know, 10 orders a day. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, though. Yeah, it, it has the potential to be a great utility for like you said, helping people get essentially Monero KYC free. They have to put yeah. in some effort to earn it. Uh, and then helping others spend spend their Monero essentially KYC free. Um, very cool, man. Very cool. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Jump in on the on this week's dev report. Oh, yeah. So I want to just keep it short because I know there's, um, as Body said, some very exciting things going on in this space. So that was um, the XRP ruling way above my head i don't know what it meant but i'm so glad to listen to body explain it so i just want to keep it a short let like um i guess dive into not really a dive a walk into why the 10 block transaction lock exists on monero and hopefully there are talks about removing it in seraphist that's been as far as i know has been like my understanding of has been changed given like the full membership proof announcement by luke so i don't know how it's going to actually look but there's a lot of talks about removing it so we're going to cover basically why exist in the first place and some ways you can go about removing it essentially. Any questions so far? 
No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so basically, depending on who you ask, right? Some people say, um, I would say the biggest, the biggest issue that Monero has in terms of usability is going to be the ten block lock. I personally don't think it's that big of an issue, but I, I do agree that it's the the biggest usability issue that I've come across so far. And so people are talking about removing it. Once again, I don't think it's a big issue. If I use Monero like online, so waiting, you know, 20 minutes is not that big a deal. And also I use my wallet a lot. So I also don't usually I have funds, but we'll get into that later. But basically, this is the biggest Monero's issue. And basically the issue is or hurdle right now is that you have to wait 10 blocks, which on average is going to be 20 minutes before you can receive newly um, spent funds, essentially. And it doesn't apply for all the funds because the way a wallet works, when you send a transaction, you don't necessarily send all of the funds every time. Just for some of the funds that are involved, you have to wait 20 minutes. And if you're a new person to Monero and you don't have a lot of Monero in your wallet, it could end up being all of Monero you have being locked up. And the question is, why does it exist? And Tevador, and there's actually a GitHub issue that I linked to at the end where they talk about removing this from Monero. Basically, Tevador gives a great explanation of, of why this exists. And he says the reason for a 10 block lock time is to confirm the decoys and prevent the transaction from being invalidated by a chain reorder. So basically you're locking it in for 10 blocks so that the chain doesn't reorg and cause issues with the transaction, essentially. Basically there, there could be some privacy transactions, which is a really big issue. Um, sorry, privacy issues, which is the biggest issue. And there's also some, some minor design issues because Monero was designed with the idea of having the 10 block lock in place. And might be asking, what is a blockchain reorg? Um, basically, when a, when you make a blockchain, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, right? So you can get some lag in the network, and, and that could result in having multiple chains, usually just two chains. And these are usually pretty short, depending on the blockchain that you use. Like Ethereum is known for having pretty long blockchain reorgs. Um, generally speaking, um, chains with higher block times have higher blockchain um, reorg. Sorry. Lower block times, you have a higher blockchain reorg um, possibility. And I'm not going to tell you how many Monero has had in the five years, so that's going to be a quiz at the end. But basically, when you have a blockchain reorg, you can get a split like you see here. We have a blockchain here, and you have one 3A at the top and then 3B at the bottom. This is pretty normal. It's not like bad or anything. And like I said, different chains have different um, characteristics that lead to different times this happens. But basically, when this happens, it's only an issue because you don't know which chain to is the real chain, right? So um, the top chain might be different than the bottom chain. One chain might have certain transactions in them and then the other chain. Some chain might have both transactions in them and then that might create a double spin situation. So once again, blockchain reorgs are very common. I believe, I wanna say all like large decentralized blockchains have them at some rate. You know, some have like one or two, some have like 10, 20, very common thing. And that's what creates the issue with the the um, 10 block lock. So the first issue and the reason the 10 block lock exists or one of the issues with it is that if you reorg the blockchain, right, you can't reference the outputs because the way that Monero was designed was it, it was designed way back in the day, even, even I believe before Ring CT to have different to have pools. So instead of having like um, like a, a reference to the the, the outputs, they're put into a massive pool and they reference by transaction ID or amount ID. You can see that in the bottom right here. It's a little pixelated. But basically, if you, if you have a chain reorg, right, all of these outputs can move around. And then say I send Doug some money. 
and then but on one chain that gets reorged the money that i sent doug might not be on the chain in the exact same place which can create issues for your, your wallet software right because if i think that i sent doug output three the chain reorgs and really i sent out doug output two it can be a little confusing but it's not a big issue um Tevador said that you can fix it like bitcoin did essentially and what bitcoin does here is you can see here they have the fact that each transaction references a transaction internally into itself so basically instead of having a big pool where transactions have like id you know 3036 they're localized to the transaction so if i sent doug a transaction it would see that transaction id zero would be the one i sent him so even if the transaction moved around right the transactions that it references aren't moved around, so it's not a big issue. Am I, am I going too fast? I want to be sure I'm being straightforward. Any questions so far? Yeah, this is good stuff. Keep going. Yeah. So basically, easy fix, not a big deal. So basically, if you have a chain reorg and some of the outputs move around, no biggie. You can just do something like Bitcoin did and reference them internally into the transaction. Easy fix, no big deal. But the, the big real issue, right, is going to be if the output is completely removed from the blockchain via a double spin. Like I said, a double spin is really the one of the biggest issues here for privacy and usability. And a double spin is when someone on the on the top chain, if there's a chain split, and then someone spins the same coins on both chains, essentially. Right. So let's say the top chain is on, on the top chain, I send Doug um, $10 of Monero. And on the bottom one, I go and I send tux, Tuxedo that same amount of money. Right, both of these chains can't be true. I can't spend the same amount of money on both chains. That would break everything. So eventually, once this chain reorg goes back down to one chain, some either Doug is going to lose that money or Tuxedo is going to lose that money. That's just the nature of double spins on a chain reorganization, and that creates a really big issue for decoys. Right, so you can imagine that if you have a decoy in your transaction, and then a chain reorg makes you makes you make that transaction again and you're missing decoys it will be pretty easy to see which one was a real spin maybe not super easy but it will be it would hurt your privacy essentially and the, and the way to address that one of the simplest ways to explain it is to basically don't include double spins in your decoy algorithm selection so basically you can ask a piece of code to the software that says if this transaction has the possibility to be double spent don't include it in your decoys and Tevador proposed a solution also in the GitHub repo that I got most of this information. So the big issue, I would say this is the biggest issue, right? Because if you have a chain reorg, and on one chain you spend a certain amount of decoys, and on another chain you spend a different amount, in a, in a chain reorganization, it would be I could just look at them and see, oh, this person, this is probably the real spin. And this is also a big issue for forks of Monero. I believe there was a fork of Monero. What was it? Like, was it? What was the name of that? Doug? It happened like a couple years ago. It didn't go anywhere. Which which one which one Minera. like wasn't there like a big one you you had an interview with the with i believe it was jw intern y'all talked about it a little bit i can't the name leaves me though right now i forget but, um, for there's monero v. no yeah was that yeah something like monero v and it's a really big issue because if you fork the chain the decoys that are real become pretty obvious right so it's a really big issue and this sort of happens in reorganizations also because you could you think of a reorg as sort of like a mini fork so you have those issues show up again mm -hmm. and um full membership proofs also mixed this up um luke said a comment here i don't really quite understand what luke said here or how i'll be honest with you i just don't this information is so new and i basically i'm the guy that read things online so if it if no one's written up a good write-up about it i don't really quite want to speak on it but i do can glean that full membership proofs might mix things up again 
but how we can remove things. But I do believe that they're working diligently to remove this 10 block lock since it is the biggest um, usability hurdle in Monero. And it should be possible because I don't think, I think Zcash has full membership proofs for a certain, if, if you use them, right? And I, I don't believe they have a Tim like a, a lock on their transaction. So it should be perfectly possible to remove the 10 block lock membership proof. Um, sorry, remove the 10 block um, lock on transaction. And once again, I, I don't think it's a big issue, but let's say you're at Monerotopia and you just got some Monero and you and you got to wait 20 minutes to spin it again. It can sort of be an issue, but um, there are some current fixes running right now that I'm going to get to at the end of this. But before I leave this section, is there any questions I go too fast? No, good good stuff. I mean, we we often talk about this issue. I look at it two ways, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you're if you're using Monero every day, you know, you got your Monero Uju or Cake Wallet, and you're sending Monero every day, uh, and you're getting you're, and you're receiving transactions mm -hmm. every day, you don't run into the it's, yeah. it's non-existent. It's it's the use case where somebody gets sent Monero for the first time, right? And uh, then they have they have to sit and wait twenty minutes before they can turn around and then send that Monero. But if you have an active wallet where you have, you know, transaction a lot of transactions coming in, um, then you ne you never run it. You run into that issue. You can receive an, a transaction, turn around five seconds later, spend. You yeah spending because uh, you know your wallet has essentially different different bills to to pull from. Um, but it's the issue where there's you're onboarding somebody new, and and it is you know you run I I run into it especially like yeah conferences or going around giving out Monero and somebody's like oh cool I got my Monero can I you know like maybe there'll be an instance <laughs> where I'll give somebody Monero right and they'll be like cool now I'll buy a coffee with it because you're selling coffee I'm like well, come back in a minute you I have to brew it come back in twenty minutes <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, wait what you know so it it, it is you know and. Unfortunately, you know that's that's how people operate, right? They're not going to look holistic at the whole technology and be like, "Well, it's worth it for all these reasons because I'm getting yeah. private digital cash." They're like, "What the hell? If I can't turn around and spend this right away, that's that's an issue." So, I I think yeah, obviously we should strive to get rid of it. And like you said, I think with full membership proofs, there might be a way. I'm trying to think if I asked Luke uh, that question at MoneroCon when I interviewed him, I think I might have to go back and look. Uh, Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a Monero talk just on this topic soon enough and try to bring some of the extra. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Cause there's like I've been looking for stuff and like I all of it's just so lofty because it's all like dev to dev right now. Like there's no like you know, there's no like zero to full membership proofs. As far as I know, this that book doesn't exist. I would love to yeah. hear like a when when Co used to talk about this, he made it sound like, you know, it's like I you know, no I, I hope I'm not misinterpreting. But when I used to talk to him, you made it sound like you know it's it's we're we're not getting rid of you know the 10, 10 minute lock time or twenty minute lock. Uh, it's it's not it's not going to happen. It's not on the cards because of, because of ring signal. No, back in the day. But now now I see now I now I see that there there's hope there, uh, especially with the upgrade to full membership proofs and with Seraphis. I haven't heard, you know, um, a precise solution, like you said, because I don't think there is one yet. But I mm -hmm. think there is more hope than ever that there is there is a way now. There will we will find a way. What is this? What is this? What is it? What is this person saying? That is a quote. Apparently, this is what Luke know. said. Okay, eliminating the ten blocks lock is unaffected. The tree roots contain all outputs, so any reorg of outputs will provide a different tree root, avoiding the transaction reliant on the old tree root. So what does that mean, guys? So it sounds like this person says, "I don't know if that means that it's possible or not." We we we, we gotta get, we gotta get the pros on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> talk about, about the issue. But I mean, the 
the, the dumbed down uh, Doug Tooman take is I, I see hope. I think, you know, mm-hmm. a, a year or two ago, the, the hope wasn't really there that it'd be happening anytime soon. But now I think that there is hope we can figure out a way to get rid of it. But like you said, I'm, 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 I'm going to spoil it. But if you're using a, a certain wallet, they've already sort of solved this issue. But I'm going to get to it in. But before we get there, I'm going to have a quick quiz. I don't know. Are, the, are people enjoying the quizzes at the end? I don't know. I feel like I'll be back in school. I don't know. Maybe entertaining. So in the past five years, Monero's biggest reorg was either two, three, six, or eight. Basically, a reorg is basically when you get a chain split. You can think about it as a, a, a mini a mini fork, essentially. So Monero's, in the past five-ish years, what do y'all think the biggest chain fork was and uh, reorganization was? What do y'all think? I don't, I don't know this one. Yeah, I, don't know. I actually don't know either. Oh, the answer was is three. three. I think like uh-huh. is three because it is basically based off of I believe Howard Chu, yeah. the guy, the, the team behind Random X keeps like a log of all these things. So I believe that in in his logs, he said the biggest one was three, and there was only like four of them. So they're all they're not. So I guess if if you if the Monero devs were really sketchy, they could they could make it a four block lock. And then you you would hopefully never hit that if if they were sketchy, which you shouldn't do that. But that's just the interesting idea that the biggest one has been three in the past five years, which is interesting. Alaska and on knew in the chat. I don't know how you knew that. I didn't know that before doing research to this. So if you knew this before, you're you're another level. And like I said, if you're using a certain wallet, um, Doug, ha- if anything happens in the narrow space, Doug has a video on it. So um, there's actually a, a feature of in, called Pocket Change. Put out by the, um, M- M- I don't want to mess the name up, but the Android wallet. And and Doug had the interview with them talking about it, and it's really cool. And basically, what it does is, basically, what it does is that it breaks up your input so that you you have more of them, and you, you don't have to wait for each one to unlock. And it's really cool feature is live today. If you're using the Monero, Monero Joe, I don't want to pronounce it. Yeah, well, how you say it, Doug? Monero yeah, that I wallet. Know, I don't even know if I get it right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're using that wallet, they have a pocket change feature that you can literally get people onto. Hopefully, Cake Wallet gets something like this. I feel like my my go to wallet, my recommended people is Cake Wallet. It's very slick, very slick. Hopefully, they get a feature like this. So if you onboard people into it quickly, you know you don't have to wait for them to. You can enable this for them, and they can just spend it back and forth pretty quickly. Uh, I think that's legit for me. Hopefully, this issue gets solved. But once again, it's like. 20 minutes for like for like cheap private payments isn't that big of a deal. But like Doug said, you know, newbies can have an issue with it, et cetera, et cetera. But that's pretty much it for me. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, awesome. Thank you, dude. Yeah, ho- hopefully it was well. I, I, it was a bit. It was it was a lot covered, but hopefully I, I got. I try to find the right abstraction level. I don't. I won't get too far in the weeds. But also, I don't want to be like too abstract and hand wavy. If you walk away being like, I don't know what he was talking about. But hopefully it was it was good. Trying to get better. <laughs> yeah, that's no, too smart, man. <laughs> no, no, no. These guys like Luke, those the the Tevador, these guys, they're they, they do such the core devs do such a good job documenting everything. They have week like meetings every week on the GitHub post. It's very easy for people to follow along who, who aren't cryptographers. It's really they do a really good job, honestly. Like I said, there's GitHub GitHub issue about this. They have meetings. You even look up, it's like Monero, if you Google Monero Monero Meta GitHub, it'll show up. So I mean it's Really good stuff. Praise the devs. They do a great job keeping everyone up in, in the loop and they know what's going on. They do some great work. But yeah, all praise the devs. <laughs> Alrighty, good job. Awesome. Good Thanks, job. Sure, we'll See you. Sure.
talk about this topic as it evolves. Like you said, I mean, the, the, we've always talked about the wallets as being the solution. And Minaruju has, has come up with a slick way of doing that. But hopefully we get us on, on the base layer and the protocol itself. Uh, Tux, what's next? Are we, are we doing news or are we going to the guests? Uh, looks like we got the guest on. Um, let's go ahead and run that segment. Let's do it. The Mineratopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Yo, yo, you there? Can you hear us? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, no problem. You want to uh, quickly intro yourself for those that don't know you? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Mike. Uh, I go by a stupid moose on social media. Uh, I am the CEO and founder of CoinCards.com, uh, one of the oldest uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency to gift card exchanges, uh, going on about nine plus years now. Um, yeah, so we are one of the... Wow, I didn't realize you guys were around for that long. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Um, yeah, so I mean, we are, we're live in the US, the UK, and Canada. Uh, we're hoping to expand into the, the European zone and Australia by the end of the year. Uh, and I think we're the only ones now who take Monero. Yeah, that's what we brought you on. We're like, <laughs> how's it going, man? We, we're hanging in there. What do you think? Yeah. You got your ear to the ground, obviously, on this issue. We saw that. Um, what, what, what is the company that Cake uses that Ioni? I, I think it's Ionia. Ionia, yeah. right? They essentially... I think they, they just completely dropped out of the crypto for gift card in, right thing, right? They're not doing crypto for gift cards anymore, whether it's Monero or anything, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we, we don't know the exact reasons. Um, but yeah, what, what, what's your take on that? Is that... Uh... Um, I, I think it has to do not so much with them being against crypto, but possibly their banking partners being against crypto. Um and I mean, I think I think that's everything or that's something that everybody in this space kind of struggles with, because at the end of the day, we all have to use a bank at some point as as much as we don't like to. Um, that circular economy is just not 100 percent there yet. Um, so at the end of the day, there's just there's always going to be some bank is going to be like, no, I don't like crypto because it means my, you know, means I'm going to go away <laughs> in the end. Right. Or they, yeah, they see it as high risk, whatever reason, right. They, they don't, they don't want to deal with people that are, that are dealing with, with crypto. So how, how are you working around this? I mean, um, is there, is there concern or are, are you think we're, you think we're good with coin cards continuing to accept Monero? Well, I think a big part of that is we don't touch any U S banks. Um, and I think this, this move was more of a regulation move from the U S banks. Um, so because we're a Canadian company, we're kind of, we're not touching that directly. I mean, losing our banking is always kind of one of those things that we know it's going to happen one day and we have redundancies just in case. Um, but like I said, I mean, that's just kind of, that's our industry, the gift card industry with crypto. Um, it just, it's kind of one of those things, you know, it's going to happen one day. You got to be prepared for it. Yeah. I think, you know, we've been in business long enough that we kind of, we've seen all of the, all the bad and. You know, we've we weathered through it so far, and this is just kind of another example of that. Uh, so, yeah, how do you feel about things overall? Though, I mean, do you think we're kind of like like peaked in terms of bad news coming down the pipe for 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 uh, you know on ramps, off ramps, 
to Monero or things might might continue to get worse? Um, I think we're I think we're in a pretty good spot right now. Um, I I don't think this news is specific to Monero. This is more of a crypto type thing. And even with all that SEC stuff, you don't actually ever see Monero named in any of it. So I think Monero is probably in a pretty good space as far as that goes. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure why some of my competitors won't touch Monero. I mean, I know there's a little bit of a fear there from some of them, but it's just YOLO. Let's, let's do it. Let's take it. <laughs> Which is why we like you, man. Which is why we like you. <laughs> And, you know, we should, oh, th- thank you for the sponsorship, by the way, and, you know, supporting Monerotopia, Monerotopia, the conference means a lot to us. We're proud to associate with you. Um, we should say, too, not only do you, you know, can you buy gift cards with Monero and coin cards, but it's, I think it's like one of the most, is the most used crypto for buying gift cards, right? In the, in the, in the States, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think in the States, we're at like 68%. Of our purchase with Monero, yeah, um, yeah we... and then in the UK we're also around thirty percent. Okay, <clears throat> Canada's a little bit behind. We're ten percent. Yeah, never under, never really understood that. I think you've tried. What was your What was your take on that as to why that might be the case? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Canada. I mean, <laughs> as a Canadian, I feel like we should be using it more. It's like that whole trucker thing, and like yeah. Because you can still buy Monero more easily in Canada than even like the U.S., right? Because like even um, like Binance lets you buy Monero in Canada, or am I mistaken? Binance is pulling out of Canada. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, there's actually quite a few exchanges that have pulled out of Canada because of the the uncertainty, I guess, around some of the regulatory stuff. So, and and the trend of Monero usage on coin cards in the the U.S. (laughs) and overall, I guess, has has been up, right? Yeah, yeah, it it, it just keeps growing. and I expect it to grow next month, obviously, with right. Kate, a, unfortunately, leaving. Yeah, that's, that's good for CoinCare. So, yeah, so anybody out there who's, you know, has been using these other services, uh, CoinCards is is still here. And they're offering uh, an ability for you to, to buy gift cards with Monero. So uh, you can still buy gift cards with Monero, th- thanks to CoinCards, which is amazing. Um what do you, what do you see for the future of coin cards, man? I know we've talked about this in the past, but what's what's kind of your latest latest thing? Um, so definitely expansion. Uh, like I mentioned, I think Europe somewhere that pretty quickly, uh, then Australia, then hopefully the rest of the world. World domination with coin cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about like getting integrated into apps, right? Like so, like do you see yourself kind of becoming like what uh, name? I Ionic Ionia. Ionia. Ionia, do you see yourselves like kind of becoming more of an Ionia? Is that is that potentially in the cards? Um, so it it's something that we've kind of explored. So Canadian regulations are a little weird. Like we can we can sell certain amounts to to people without any KYC, but then when we start to integrate companies who are going to spend above that threshold, then we have to get into the KYC portion of it, which I'm not comfortable doing. I don't want anybody's information. I don't want to know what you know people are doing as long as it's legal um so i mean integrating it into somebody else's wallet would potentially make them our customer um which potentially puts us above those thresholds which then creates a shit storm of, mm. you know you need to have kyc on this transaction but maybe not this transaction i don't know so it's we've shied away from it just because once those wallets become our customers they become wanting to do more than the volume that's allowable without KYC. Well, how's like the model of how you guys are getting gift cards? Because like it's it's different than cake. What Cake Pay was doing, right? Where Cake Pay 
was using Ionia as their provider. Do you guys actually go out and get the cards yourself or do you also have a similar provider? Um, so we have a similar provider. Um, we actually have several similar providers and we do that so that we don't have, you know, one that kind of exits and us be like, oh shit, what are we going to do? Um, so we have redundancies built into place and you nice. know, that's kind of, you know, we've had to kind of operate that way for years because we've always had kind of troubles. With, oh, this provider decided that today they don't like crypto, but next month they will. Well, do do all the current providers that you use, do they all accept crypto or do some of them only accept USD or I mean, or Canadian or just fiat in general? Uh, generally, most of our providers only take um, fiat. There is one that we have set in the place that will take USD. Hmm. So it's it's a step in the right direction. Um, it actually helps us out a lot because the settlements are instantaneous. Yeah, it's a lot easier to convert. Yeah, and we avoid a bank. Just, you know, the end goal is to avoid banks. So th- these providers, I mean, do, do you see them uh, kind of in growing over time? Like, are they like we we know Ionia is isn't is moving away essentially from crypto, but is the is the the market of those that are are providing this tre- trending up? Um, so I think everybody that we deal with is pretty crypto friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is that some of the merchants aren't. So say like Nike, Nike hates crypto for some reason, even, even though they'll do NFT projects with um, other companies that as soon as it comes to Bitcoin, they're like, no, no. That's a, and, wow. you know, we'll see, we'll see weird, weird ones that just pop up. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've been okay with crypto for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, no, we hate crypto now. And, you know, it just, it makes me think that, you know, somewhere, some top exec has got rug pulled by one of these like FX or FDXs or something. It's just like, I hate crypto now. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird going out of their way to like, oh, you can't buy a gift card, right? With crypto on this third party service that has nothing to do with my company. Yeah, it, it's bizarre, but I guess it's just their image they want to maintain for some reason. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. I mean, re- revenue lost, right? Like people want to spend crypto to buy Nike shoes. You, it's you not like they're allowing you to do it directly. It yeah, has nothing. Not, it's not even part of their company. It's so yeah, it, it is so bizarre, but I'm, it is what it is, and it's it's kind of a constant struggle that we have in this, this business is just getting those brands to be okay with like you said, being the third party where they don't even touch crypto, but somebody does. Now, I, I've heard you yourself kind of talk about coin cards and these gift card solution general just being, you know, temporary bridges, really, right? Um, what, what, what's what's your current, you know, feel and take on that? Yeah, I mean, so I started coin cards, like I said, nine years ago. Um, I didn't think that coin cards would still be a business right now. Um, and that was the end goal. That was the end goal was basically to become obsolete. Um, and just kind of show these merchants, hey, people are spending you know, Bitcoin, Monero, Ethereum. You guys should take it directly. Save, you know, save yourself some money by having people just come spend it on your site. I think we're still probably good five to ten years away from that happening. You know, now that we all in the beginning, everybody's like, oh, Bitcoin's gonna change the world overnight, right? <laughs> um, it was all the crazies that like us that were like, oh yeah, this is great. This is revolutionary um it's a it's slowed down obviously in the last few years um you know we all still believe that but we all are kind of had a reality check that it's going to take a little longer than we all thought 
Yeah, I, I think part of that is a lot of these cryptos, it's, it's like the culture of people not wanting to spend them, right? They want to use them as speculative tools or for digital gold purposes, but they don't want to actually use them to transact, which makes sense, right? It's like, why use it to transact if it's not really making transacting necessarily easier or better in any way? Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a struggle that we've kind of had since day one is just getting people to spend. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to spend your crypto at some point to live. Um, and that's what I guess where services like ours come into play. And hopefully merchants just start to accept it. But, you know, I think the whole HODL culture is a little counterintuitive to that, obviously. Um, and it's something we struggle with. You know, we go to Bitcoin conferences and people are like, well, why would I spend my Bitcoin? Right. As opposed to a Monero conference, people are like, where can I spend my Monero? You know? yeah. yeah, we're going all around buying stuff from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's part of the reason I love the Monero community is because people there are just like, yeah, I'll spend it. Um, yeah. And they, you know, everybody gets the need for a circular economy, whereas Bitcoin maximalists is like, no, I'm, you know, I'm never spending it. I'm going to hold on to it till I die. It's just fun to use. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it is serving a per right. Like you're you're getting that that digital cash feel when you use it, right? No, nobody sees the transaction you made, so there are advantages despite the, the friction that might be there in using it. Uh, you're actually getting something for that for that effort, right? As opposed to which is arguably quite small compared to like most other cryptos, right? You mean the friction itself? Yeah. Yes. Um, what was my? Oh yeah. So, so any advice for that man? You've been doing this for almost ten years. Obviously, you've been in crypto forever as well. You you saw, you know what what happened in Bitcoin land. Any advice to us in us people in Monero land? Things we can do to continue to build out this dream circular economy or parallel economy. What do you think needs to be done? Is it just time, or are there? efforts that can be made today that things that like is there low-hanging fruit things that we're not we're not doing that we should be doing i think we need 100 more dogs out there and telling people every day hey look what you can do with monero um yeah i mean you just you need people i guess to go out there and be like hey i want to spend crypto here yeah it's just merchants don't think about it until you come into their shop i guess um and i think the low-hanging fruit is the mom and pop shops for now obviously you know the amazons are not going to take it anytime soon until they rule on it as a board just executive decision um but mom and pop shops they obviously have the power to just be like yeah i'll take it and then you know you got to start spending it at those shops too like that's the thing mm -hmm. like we see in vancouver there's a company going around that's onboarding a lot of people but you know if they get one transaction a month are they really gonna take the time to continue to train their staff on how to use it mm -hmm. probably not um so you got to have people you know, constant flow of people who are willing to like embrace it in that community and start spending with those merchants so that they get excited about it so that they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this brought in a whole bunch of sales we wouldn't have had. We're seeing more and more sales of our gratuitous coffee. So that's nice. Uh, <laughs> people are finally, you know, like, if you got to buy coffee, you might as well buy gratuitous coffee. I've been uh, sharing gratuitous around everyone that tries it. They they absolutely love it. Right. You know. You're, you're buying coffee anyway, so you might as well spend. Yeah, you it. might as well buy it directly from the farmers. And then we know, you know, we we don't we we sl slowly convincing the provider themselves to accept um, getting close to that, so that the you know the farm where we get it from. Obviously, you can send tips in Monero, but we want we want the farm, the provider, to accept it. But that's how it happens. That's how we build out these you know this economy. It's just not going to magically yeah. happen. Yeah, I think own. that's an important step too. Is get yeah. 
getting those the farm to accept it so then they can be like hey i've got a whole stash of monero who are my suppliers maybe they'll start taking it and you know how we we convince them over time because it's like when we go through the process of trying to you know pay them uh you know they're in colombia we're in the united states we're using like it takes like five five days to send them a, a you know a wire transfer or whatever and we're spending like 40 bucks on it and it's like you got to fill out paperwork and it like gets rejected it's like you sure you just don't want your crypto it's like, hey, 30 seconds like let me like, yeah. here, just create a wallet i'll just send you some now just so you could see it and it's like i start to open this is you know it, it's it's how it happens people have to live through it to like really realize uh the value there and like in that that's a use that's a, a magical use case right sending uh sending money abroad i mean people realize like how amazing crypto day and night yeah, now granted I mean you got to figure out what to do with that Monero once you have it, right? Which is, you know, the, the last mile problem. Yeah, uh, I think a, a lot of people come into cryptocurrency having faced some sort of issue either with banks or PayPal or, you know, and they're just like, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, crypto is it. Yeah, honestly, the international use case is one of the most, like, impressive and game-changing ones I've seen for, like, Monero and then crypto in general. Just like you said, the fact that you can send... The money to these you know these people abroad for like some product and you don't have to do all the crazy traditional banking stuff that makes it super hard and like time consuming just to send money to someone even if it's a few bucks any other like uh insight you could give us into like maybe metrics of how people are using coin cards like what's like the most per you know gift card i imagine it's like an amazon gift card or something yeah i'd say amazon's right top um yeah i mean we see a lot of people just living off of bitcoin now um so grocery cards are huge for us. Mm. Uh, gas, um, DoorDash and Uber Eats, a lot of people doing those. Um, yeah, I'd say probably a good chunk of our market is just right now living off, off of crypto. Um, I think there's kind of, we go in trends. Like when the price is high, people will go all out on luxury items. Um, electronics, you know, new TVs, um, all that good stuff. But right now I think we're, we're not in the... In the grocery stage. <laughs> yeah, we're in the grocery stage. And I think, you know, especially with inflation being what it is right now, um, people are using their crypto holdings as maybe a bump to uh, to survive. That's cool. That's cool to see, though, that people are trying to actually use crypto just to, like, buy, like, everything they can. Yeah. That's that's awesome. You know, it's, it's kind of cool, too, when we hear stories of, like, there was a guy, it was a couple years back now, he's like, you know, I was hungry, payday was tomorrow. I realized I had, you know, $20 worth of Bitcoin. And he's like, so I went and I bought a Tim Hortons card, which Tim Hortons is a restaurant chain, coffee shop chain up here. And he's like, yeah, I bought myself dinner. Um, so, you know, just little stories like that. Like, it's cool to see that, you know, we're enabling things like that. And, and remind us again, for anybody who's like kind of learning about coin cards for the first time, um, how, how, like, essentially how anonymous can you be? What is the process? What information uh, are users providing to yeah so so basically coin cards is just like any other web store um, or gift card marketplace you go online uh check out our website and then you go and say like okay what do i need this week i need you know, some groceries from walmart and you know i'm gonna hit the gas station we get a texaco um you know and you build up your cart and then you go to the checkout um just like any other website and you provide us with a name and an email address, and that's it. And that doesn't really get cross-referenced with anything. It's just we need something to put there, and um, we ask for your 
state if you're in the states and that is because if any states start banning bitcoin for whatever reason we'd have to be like okay we can't deal with you um you know we still as as privacy focused as we are we still have to try and follow the law as much as it applies if that makes sense um but right now there's no there's no stipulations no regulations that we're aware of that are preventing us from dealing with any customers because at the end of the day we're like a 7-eleven except in crypto but of course as a buyer you can just say oh i'm in you know this place right because you don't have to like actually uh give like your address or anything it's just the state itself yeah no address needed um in canada we do some physical cards so we do need an address for that mm-hmm. but it's it's 100 optional to buy those cards um we're looking at adding some physical cards to the states too so at that point you'd have to give an address but again you know it's completely optional if you want to stay anonymous you don't have to give any sort of address you guys have a fee on only some of the cards right like but most of them not yeah so our our fee structure is a little weird so it it's we charge a five percent convenience fee like right off the bat um some cards will give us discounts that eliminate that fee um some cards will give us discounts that mitigate that fee and we pass that those discounts on to the customer um where we can't do anything is give actual discounts on the cards um and that is a an agreement with the merchants. So a lot of merchants don't want their cards discounted because they feel that it devalues their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know other companies do do that and it's something we kind of struggle with because we want to do that. But at the same time, the merchants are like, no, we don't want you devaluing a brand. And we don't want to do anything to piss them off because we don't want them leaving our platform. Sure. And I mean, you guys um, have to be able to sustain your platform too. Yeah, exactly. So that 5% is literally our profit margin. Like that's, that's like honestly, I'm not sure how cake, uh, cause cake pay like offered the discounts, but like, I mean, they're a bigger entity. They have other ways to make money. So I'm sure they weren't really making anything from doing the gift cards. Yeah. So, I mean, we're making, you know, in the scheme of things, 5% really isn't anything like you had, um, Digun on before and he was making you know 10% and he's saying, I'm still like, I don't want to work for less than 10%. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, anybody who works in retail knows that 5% is nothing, um, but we do pass on the discounts when we can. Um, it's just that some some cards won't give us as much of a, as a 5%. Discount. Yeah, that kind of answers this. Somebody was asking, like, basically, how, how are your fees so low uh, when other companies... Uh, I don't know, I guess you basically... Can you explain why Coin Cards has a small fee when other companies have a small... Yeah, so, so that's kind of where that comes into play. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we've survived nine years doing it that way by not pissing off those those vendors so um whereas you can see some of the ones that do offer discounts end up going away um any any thoughts do you guys have like a apps yet do you have is it just a is it just a website or do you have mobile apps or it's just the website and we kind of we kind of have built coin cards in a way that we were hoping not to ever really have an app mm-hmm. um our mobile website works perfectly on most phones and it's easier to maintain. I know a lot of people want an app, um, I guess just so they can a few less clicks on their phone. Convenience. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's something that we're, we're going to look at. Um, we've also heard people want to store their cards in an app. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically what I'm getting at. Right. Because people, people want to just be able to easily use the cards. Right. Like with yeah. And, and I mean, we kind of shied away from that more for a security reason so we don't want to store the cards anywhere that's public facing we want you to store the cards um 
And we did that because we want to be susceptible to hacks on our side that potentially create problems for our customers. Um, like we leak, think, leaking user data. And yeah. So we try and store as little as possible, including, you know, we'll send you the email with the code, but we won't store the code on our website hmm. so that, you know, the only attack vector is somebody getting into your email, which is a, usually a lot more protected than somebody getting into the apps that you, if that makes sense. So it's, it's all kind of designed with privacy and security in mind. And I know that that becomes a convenience issue at times, um, but we think it's worth it. And that's part, part of the reason why too, we don't have um, credit cards in the States yet is because a lot of those credit cards require additional information that we don't think that our customers will want to give up, or we don't think our customers should give up. Um, so we won't have a credit card in the States until it's similar to a like prepaid one that you buy at a gas station, if that makes sense. Very cool. I, I love that you guys are you know putting that first privacy and security. I respect that you guys actually, even after nine years, still accept Monero. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we've accepted Monero, I think, since 2018, 2019, something A few like years. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we built the business on Bitcoin, um, mm -hmm. but over the years, we've, we've grown out of that. And now Monero's taken over. <laughs> Thank you so much, man, for, for jumping on and giving us the rundown and uh, wish you much luck. And hopefully I, I would think you'll, you'll, like you said, you'll probably have a, a bigger Monero term than ever right now with the, the shutdown of CakePay. So I can say for sure I'll be using coin cards. Yeah, okay. at least, uh, you know, congrats to you on that. Thank you for, for being there, waiting in the wings, right? And uh, <laughs> we're, we're glad you're there. We're glad you're here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad that Cake Bay had to shut down that service. I mean, I know the guys from Cake. Um, yeah. So, obviously. I mean, it, it's not good to see anybody. Well, hopefully they figure it out, right? Hopefully yeah. they figure out a, another yeah. solution. Coin cards, Cake Bay partnership? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, you, like you were saying, right? It leads to some issues on your end, right? Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, we're big fans and uh, jump on anytime and I'm, I'm sure we'll be in touch. But yeah, we, we, we always we always end up giving the coin cards updates as we go every every couple of months anyway, because people are always excited when we see that percentage tick up. Awesome. We're, we're always talking about cards. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, time to jump into the news real quick. Let's do it. And now for our weekly news segment. Hey guys, and welcome to the news section. I hope that you had a good week. And today we have a lot of interesting stuff to, to cover. The first one being Camilla Harris wanting to invest in reduced population. I'll play the video, but um, I still have uh, audio issues to fix. Uh, but in the first part, she talks about investing in uh, green energy. And then she wants to invest with her administration in reduced population. Now, they don't care about the planet. They don't care about green energy right? They don't really care about this stuff. They don't care about the population. They don't care about you at all. Uh, so, and yeah, they want to essentially reduce the population. Now, what does investing in reduced population mean? Does it mean that they're going to implement like China used to have? I don't think they have it anymore. The policy where you can have one to two kids per family? No, I don't think so. Investing would mean that how do we kill people so that we have a reduced population? They're not going to uh, invest in education so that you know, we can better manage ourselves. Not, not that I believe in overpopulation. Um, you know, it seems that we're going to be uh, underpopulated, which is a whole nother 
problem in itself. We don't want to be underpopulated. That's going to be a huge, huge problem to, to many, many things. Um, but yeah, so by investing in, in reduced population, it really means that killing the population. And um, every single time the leaders talk, and they're not leaders. I mean, they're leading us, sure, but not in something good, in something bad. Every single time is to make you uh, stupider, um, to make you more fearful, to get you hooked on on pharmaceuticals and bad foods and stuff like that. So everything that they talk about is in your harm. They don't care about you, your friends, your family. They do not care about it. So, the, but then you might be thinking, why are we talking about this in the Monerotopia show? We're talking about politics and things like like this because I want to show you that uh, something like Monero is really needed. Something that is private. Uh, so that you know nobody can mess with your finance because the moment they can mess with your your, your finance and they can tell you you can purchase this you can do that like the whole way of living is based around money like you want to buy food you want to do certain activities you want to have fun send money to your friends right so experiences cost money the moment that they can uh control your experiences via money it's over that's gonna be the absolute worst 1984 digital and real life handcuff uh, ever. So, but then even in crypto, it's crazy. And even in blockchain, th this thing that just came out. Um, so it's called, uh, it's from Arkham, I guess, Arkham Intel. And it's the world's first on-chain intelligence exchange. So you can buy and sell information on the owner of any blockchain wallet address. So anonymously via smart contracts. Okay. But in case you didn't know, so pretty much Monero is like your house, you know, uh, your door is locked. And unless somebody has the key, nobody can get inside. You have curtains so that nobody can see you inside. What do you do? You have walls so that nobody can see what you do inside. When you shower, when you cook, when you dance, whatever you do inside your house. But now in most cryptos, the way that you can imagine it is that your walls are now transparent. People walking by can see you in the house all the time and what you do. They can even go inside your house, right, and take a peek. And you have you, the, the curtains don't work because they can just take it off if they want. So you have you have no privacy at all. Uh, this is crazy. <laughs> I think this is absolutely crazy. And then look, uh, so now we're going to get into CBDCs. Brazil is creating a central bank digital currency using a private version of, Ether of the Ethereum blockchain. Okay. They keep saying this. CBDC yeah, is going to have privacy. You know, don't worry about it. But the code has been modified so they can. At least that's what CryptoT said. Um, create unlimited new coins freeze accounts and take money out of accounts so what's the point right so what's the point of this of course it's to control you you know then let's talk about the united kingdom's digital pound meets public backlash good but why the use of physical currency for transactions is plummeting globally so why is the uk so tentative with its own central bank digital currency to control you um okay so why is cash plummeting? Because there's solutions like, you know, Apple Pay. And it's so easy to just walk around with all your money in the phone instead of having the whole stash, you know, um, all the time on you. And coins, and they're annoying, and they're, they're dirty. And you can just have your phone scan it somewhere, and done. You you, you, you paid, you know? So that's good. And and it's fast than, than money traveling to another person. You know, like, say you want to send physical cash to someone, it's going to go to mail, uh, but if you send it digitally, like say in Monero, it's so fast and you can send from, you know, Europe to Asia in like no time, you know? So yes, the future is going to be digital and this is why cash is plummeting, but they want it to plummet for a different reason to get you into CBDCs. Now, um, so they've done, um, they drew some 50,000 responses on CBDCs 
and it unleashed, well, surprisingly, public backlash. People don't want it. Uh, they have widespread public concern about privacy, which makes me very happy, as well as anger over the possible consequences for cash, right? Um, so they think that the digital pound, Bitcoin, will be used to surveil UK citizens, respondents feared, but it could also potentially destabilize the UK financial system because the digital pound will be easier for depositors to move out of commercial banks in times of crisis, prom promoting bank runs. Okay, that's different. But just let's focus on, on, on privacy, right? Um, yes, you, you're not going to have privacy. And that's the whole point of it is that they can take money from your account. They can freeze your account. They can tell you what to buy. Oh, you bought too much meat, right? And we care about the environment uh, because we're the government and we care. And so now you can't buy any more meat, right? Uh, or, or milk, or whatever. So it's frozen. Buy more of this or whatever. Um, so it's just uh, digital and real life handcuffs, essentially. And uh, yes, CBDCs are coming in case you are still not sure about it. Look at China. China is so advanced when it comes to um, the CBDCs. They have the digital yuan, uh, yuan, and they're trialing offline payments. So essentially, this is like what, and it's not going to work for iPhone 14 and up because there's no SIM card anymore. But for Androids, they're going to have a super SIM card. This SIM card you take, you put it in your phone, even your phone is, if, if it's dead, right, your phone is dead, you know, technically you can make appointment, uh, a payment, of course, because it's dead, you can't use it anymore. And that's a problem with digital payments, right? My phone is dead, what can I do now? You know, with cash, it's there, like it's always there. There's no battery in it. But with this thing, you can actually make offline payments. So that's, that's actually very cool. But I would love to have that into a device that you can you do that with Monero, right? So even if it's powered off, you, you know, you can still um, pay with Monero. That'll be very cool. So yeah, if we take this from CBDCs and we apply it to crypto, I mean, to Monero specifically, uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, look at Russia. Ru the Russian parliament passes digital rubble bill. Now, okay, so so far it's on, uh, on July 11th. Today's July 15th. Uh, it's on the lower chamber of the Federal Assembly of the Russian Federation. So... Uh, then it's going to move to the assembly's upper chamber and passed to Putin, to president's desk, right? Um, yeah, so Russia wants to have the digital rubble, right? Which I guess I've heard that it's going to be tied to gold. Really interesting, uh, but I'm not sure about that. Then let's discuss the BIS, which is the Bank for International Settlements. Give Sibrisis a thumbs up and crypto the middle finger and reports to G20 ministers. So G20 finance ministers and central bank governors are meeting this month together to discuss. Um, so they um, they ran two reports, right? One on cryptocurrency and one on CBDCs. What do they think about uh, crypto, cryptocurrencies? Crypto's inherent structural flaws make it unsuitable to play a significant role in the monetary system. And I agree. I dislike all the cryptos pretty much except Monero for reasons that, you know, we all know. Privacy and it goes, goes beyond, you know, it's just really well-made uh, monetary uh, system, right? And, uh, but, so they don't like crypto, which is normal. You shouldn't like it, it's transparent. And there's many other issues like, you know, people buying it just to make money and getting off out of it. So it's very speculative, you know, it's not very stable. Most of them, unless, you know, it's something like Monero, which is more stable because people actually want to use it. So that's how you create stability in it. But then they talk about CBDCs. So, okay, crypto sucks. Mm, but how about uh, CBDCs? So they say by underpinning the future monetary system, CBDCs will be the foundation upon which further innovations build. Yes, we want to have a digital solution. I, personally, I don't want to use cash anymore. I want to use Monero because I don't want to carry cash. I just don't want to. It's dirty. Everybody's touching it. You know, I don't want the coins. Uh, you know, they're annoying. I want to use something like Monero. 
nobody can mess with me. Uh, but this is where the world is headed. They obviously they disregard Monero. They just look at crypto and um, they say, okay, yeah, they're not good. CBDC is thumbs up essentially. Okay, so we discussed um, quite a bit about um, CBDCs and that world. So now let's get into Monero. Monero, what's happening in the moon? Uh, so let's talk about Anon. So I'm really happy that we have Anon on the team. Uh, he, he does such an amazing job in, in the stuff that he's building. So he's building something like Amazon. So if you go on Anon.market, um, it's going to launch in the summer of 2023. So put your email to get notified. And someone asked like, okay, so what's the difference between this and Bitejo, Biteo? or Monero market. Both are already KYC. Both of the mentioned services seem focused on secondhand or consumer to consumer. The goal of an on-market is to be more like Amazon, like an Amazon that respects your privacy. Very interesting. Stay tuned, put your email and um, use it when it comes up. Again, super cool. Uh, huge cake wallet update. Cake wallet 4.7.0, Monero.com 1.4.0. Um, um, I got to drink some water. Actually, I'll do it now. Um, so they added support for a lot of cryptos. Uh, Shiba, Aave, Bat, um, Cake, Nexo, uh, GUSD, Crow. Okay, so a bunch of them. And other things. It's a huge update. Make sure that you update the newest version of Cake Wallet. But then also Cake Pay Mobile to shut down. So why? Um, was it not working? Was there anything wrong? No, everybody loved it. I absolutely loved it as well. Because if the person is not accepting Monero, use your Monero, buy a gift card anonymously. And then purchase whatever you want from Adidas, from Chipotle, whatever, you know, a bunch of places. So why is it shutting down? It's not because of Cake Wallet. Um, it's because of Ionia, um, who they were using before. They're changing the business model. And um, yeah, so CakePay is being affected. Uh, we won't have it for now, but of course, CakePay is going to come back and they're doing everything they can do to bring the service back. So don't worry. And I hope that Cake was going to come back as soon as possible and all the best to the cake wall team they can everybody else uh dash so um due to the u.s government and their criminal regulations the amazing dash direct program is shutting down the government has simply made it impossible this is why you need something this is this is why you want something like so that which is also very decentralized yes we have privacy in monero but it's so much more than that it's now, ASIC mine, it's CPU mine, it's very decentralized. The more you use it, the fees go down. It's amazing. Like it's, Monero is such an amazing thing, you know? And I'm not, and the people in Monero, what's very cool is that they're very open-minded and we're not obsessed about this name Monero, like the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin and nothing else, you know? No, we just really like this technology. If something better comes that is more private, more blah, blah, blah I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to use it. I'm not attached to, to Monero. Monero just is the best option right now. And it's going to get crazy. It's going to get on steroids um, eventually as well, with the privacy and everything. But um, yeah, so no more Dash Direct. Da I think Dashcoin used to be called Darkcoin and they, they face pressure, of course. So, so yeah. Um, then we're not going to get into this too much. This is the evolution of atomic swaps. If you want to learn more about atomic swaps, um, you should definitely go in the, in the description where we have all the links. Click on it to learn about the evolution of atomic swaps from HTLC swaps to hyper-private Monero-compatible semi-scripted swaps. So you can learn more about it there. Quick mention, Celsius co-founder Alex Mashinsky arrested charged with fraud. Alex Mashinsky was behind Chelsea's net, Celsius, Chelsea's, Celsius network. And um, so he is, where was it? Was charged with securities fraud, commodities fraud, and wire fraud for allegedly lying to customers about Celsius financial standing and the nature of its investments. Be careful where you put your money. 
take care of the centralized exchanges. Take care of when they promise you 50% on your crypto, uh, you know, APY and all this stuff. Take it out. Just be careful. Be careful and don't use it. If you have anything on Binance, on Kraken, take it out. Put it in something like Cake Wallet. Put it in some wallet, Monaruyo. Just take it out and leave it there. Uh, last thing that we'll talk about is um, an episode that you should check out from us. So this is on the future of uh, Monero in EO, Mika with Robin Renwick, MIDI Poet, Breaking, mi- breaking Misconceptions, Monero Scaling and Beyond with Ar- Arctic Mine. Amazing. Revolutionizing Privacy with Luke, Sarang, Aram and Ruben on Full Membership Proofs. Packed, packed episode. And you should check it out. The links are right there. So go in the description, click on the Reddit link, and then click on those links to check it out. Guys, this was this week's new section. It was packed. It was a lot of things going on. Again, if you want me to cover something specifically, make sure to reach out on me on, on Twitter or on Telegram or just Monerotopia, and then we'll, we'll, it's going to get to me eventually. Um, hope that you have, you're going to have a good week next week, and we'll see you next time to crazy more crazy stuff. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. All right. All right. Oh, that was a lot. That was a mouthful. That was a lot. Um, yeah, for Tony's last point, yeah, those are three separate episodes. We just put them up all at the same time. They're all from MoneroCon. All really good stuff. Recommend checking them out. Um, yeah, and his his comments on Dash Direct. So Dash Direct is just you know it's just like the it's like the cake pay of Dash. Uh, they also obviously use the same service on the back end. So. Yeah, that was getting pretty big because um, I remember hearing about that years ago, uh, and I never used it. I'm not really into Dash, but like as far as I understand, like a lot of people did. So it's kind of like a big thing for them. Yeah, cake pay. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we figure it out. We get around it. Um. All right. That's good. Should we, should we do uh, viewers on stage? I, my, my my only hesitation is I don't want it to turn to another hour. But we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could, do a, we could do a ten minute viewers on stage. You want want to do that? Ten minute viewers on stage. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll round that. Two hours. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Come on down. Let's get let's get some new faces up here. Anybody that's out there that's uh Yeah, let me, uh, let me put the streamyard link in the chat. Unless we're gonna go to the spaces. Nah, it's it's, no. it's, just, it's annoying to me. It on. is really annoying. They really need to let you do that on the computer. Yeah, I wish we figured out kind of a seamless way. Unfortunately, the Twitter space has just become a way to listen in. So anybody that's on Twitter spaces, I mean, uh, just jump on the StreamYard link if you want to participate. It's very, very simple. You don't need to sign up to StreamYard. Just click the link and you're in. You don't need to show your face. Um, we got Alaska Anon. I don't know if he's just sitting there chilling or if he actually wants to yeah. participate. We can bring him up. Um, but that's really all we got. Anybody else want to jump on? Now is the time. How's my audio? There he is. Yo, I knew you'd want to come on. <laughs> well, it's always awesome and fascinating to hear new people, but I stay on the bench just in case. Keep the seat warm for the next guy. We appreciate it, man. You, you yeah. do a great job. What's that? Up? What's, oh, what's life? Life is good. Um, Tuxedo is in the know already, but uh, we're switching to private, independent anonymous server hosting and uh there will be a tour site as well on get graphing and uh i mean it's almost soft launch but we're actually thinking it'll be ready to go where a person can anonymously buy a secure private phone on tour with monero and get it delivered as anonymously as such a thing can be done so i'm pretty excited for that um 
which was kind of another thing that I'd point out. I noticed that he never toots his own horn. He's a very, very busy man. But anybody who's not using independent, privacy-focused web hosting, Tuxedo actually does that sort of thing and uh, charges way too little. <laughs> but uh, there's something to be said about like what we had heard with the Proton Mail thing. A lot of people, their accounts just kind of like randomly shut down or, you know, people hosting websites and then they'll just get like randomly throttled because of whatever political stance they take. That's always yet another reason why having our own micro economies handling these things is so important. Um, I mean, the brand that is Tuxedo knows way more about the value of doing things yourself or within like known known parties. Uh, like people that you know personally that take privacy and security really serious. One thing that I thought was really interesting, if anybody's heard about it, so uh, the Treasury Secretary, while she was in China, was asked about the BRICS currency that Russia announced. Right, yeah, we didn't talk about that this week. Yeah, yeah no. I think it's uh, it, it, it ties into the Monero thing so much more than I think a lot of people are realizing because the the underlying premise is to launch it as a CBDC, and it's uh, an intergovernmental thing. But then the question becomes, okay, who's hosting it, and what's the code base look like, and what? And there's not a peep, right? And they keep flashing over and over again. And this is hilarious to me: the gold bugs, which I am one, right? I, I mean, everybody knows who knows anything about me. I'm a pretty diehard gold bug guy. But they're talking, oh, it's backed by gold. Oh, it's backed by gold. It's like, well, every single currency that ever had a name for itself started backed by gold. That's how it always starts. That's how they always get you roped in. And then it's like, yeah, except no. And then they're never willing to do any physical delivery. But the best way to be gold backed is to own physical gold. It's, it's so they're, they're just doing the same the same like switcheroo that they've done over and over again. And then they keep talking about like, oh, well, then your counterparty isn't the United States. It's like, as opposed to what this conglomerate of even less trustworthy nations that have ripped people off for decades now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just so hilarious because it shows you how one-sided a lot of these groups are right where as soon as their currency of choice like oh it's gold backed gold's going to the moon right it, it, it's it yeah like body said if, if you don't become your own central bank you are somebody else's insert word that's appropriate here but i'll leave it alone for now <laughs> but uh and and then you also look at the issues of they're trying to use the excuse of what happened to china's infrastructure after international trade collapsed right so and they point and this is hilarious so everybody even the banks are pointing to the facts that banks shipping and the multiple volatilities of several currencies being traded and having to trust all of these banks oh it just doesn't work so let's have the same exact people be in charge of the new system that's, that has even more ability to jack your money from you even after you have it is just mind-blowing to me. But then watching Janet Yellen do like this hilarious dance because um, she's right there with the Chinese minister, right? Their financial minister person. She won't even say 
BRICS currency. If you listen to the whole thing, she won't even say the word like BRICS currency while she's addressing a, a, a like a, addressing the topic. And then she uses all of this ridiculous number of voodoo where she's like, oh, over 90% are settled in dollars. Well, it's 90% out of 200% because there's two people trading in every situation, right? So basically, she's acknowledging that it's like 47% of, of trades are settled in dollars in one way or another. And then completely leaves out that a lot of these are like interest paying bonds. and uh, so. But then you look at Monero, where you're not trading promises. You're not trading... You know, um, a, a kind of a hilarious little incident that happened yesterday. Um, I went online. My bank for one of my businesses closes supposedly at six o'clock. So I'm just hauling ass, right? Trying to make sure that I get to the bank by six o'clock so I can withdraw cash from the actual bank's ATM, then go inside and hand them the physical cash to make it available immediately. Otherwise, if I write a check from me to other me, you know, I have to wait for my check to clear and then it to clear in the bank just so I can pay a guy who y'all may even know. But the, the point is, is it still doesn't work, right? They're actually closed at five. And, you know, so I'm back to the same system. And we were just talking about like the, the 10 block clear times, right? And it's like compared to what? Compared to waiting for checks to clear or like, you know, even when I send a wire transfer, which is giving them physical cash at the bank and the highest tier promissory like note to send to another company, they charge you like 25 bucks and it still takes days. And it's just like, what are we even arguing for when we talk about these, quote, gold backed bricks currencies or whatever? And just think about all of these gold bugs you know, talking all this shit about gold is the future, this and that. And it's like, no, you still need Monero. You're going to have to have a Monero. And if it's not Monero, then what? Or like all of these people saying, you know, R is such a private chain when it's tanking and it's getting like they're equivalent to a DDoS attack and Monero already has a better system on the way that a genius wrote in a weekend or whatever. <laughs> it's, I'll shut up now. I love the rants, man. So so much information you put out there. Did did gold go up in, like with this with all this like uh, news about the BRICS thing? Are people like is that being reflected? In I think if uh, if you think of fiat, Fed note, dollary do tyranny papers, yes, it did go up a little bit. Right. But last I checked, it was still an ounce of gold is an ounce of gold, and I'm very positive that all of my my Monero is still the same amount of Monero. So one of these days, these people are going to figure that out too. Like, and you know, when we were talking months ago now, it was hilarious to me how I was pointing out that because it's actually used for stuff, the price of Monero is just getting ridiculously stable as far as what it actually buys. And did you see how the value as appraised in dollars, it, like with those charts that Body was showing, that the changes or the fluctuation in the prices of the Monero were actually synced up with the changes in what a dollar actually buys. So it's actually like it was the dollar's volatility and then applying it to the Monero in most cases was the actual change in the price. And you could say the same thing about gold too. Like 
so all of these people talking about you know bitcoin being like the gold and monero being like the dollar well actually no monero is doing a better job being both the gold and the dollar than gold and dollars and bitcoin <laughs> yeah in, in doing our taxes um we you know we have to assess capital gains with the, you know our monero going in and our monero going out it's not that bad it's not that bad because <laughs> of the because of the stability of monero it's not like we're getting totally crushed uh because of the volatility so it, it is interesting how monero really has become the the stable we got who else we got up here we got ian ian what's going Hel on man hello what's up um wanted to jump in because uh I like the idea of uh, one time a week, the Monero community uh, uh, having like a kind of a online meetup and uh, was a, a good occasion to jump in and profit of the occasion. I have a question for Tuxedo. I'm curious, what uh, Linux distro do you use? Oh yeah, um, I use Fedora, but I use a special version of Fedora that um, is going to eventually replace Fedora Workstation called Fedora Silverblue. Uh, it's immutable and uses something called OS tree. So normally, uh, like with regular Fedora, the root file system stuff can be modified. You install RPMs, which get installed in the root directory. Uh, and that has a lot of issues in terms of like security and reliability. Uh, but what Silverblue does, it takes this model called OS tree, where it creates this Git tree for the entire root file system. And every time it makes an update, it makes a transaction. So it's like immutable. So either the update will work or it won't. And everybody's system uh, or root, root file system should look the same. And so the, le the less amount of things that you're modifying in the root system itself, the less reliability issues you'll have in the future. And it's read only while you're booted. So, right, so malware and viruses can't just easily get in there and persist. Thank you, nice. Um, also, uh, I, I have a question for Doug. Do you believe in mass adoption? Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know what else. Okay, yeah, yeah. quick answer. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm striving for for mass adoption. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I mean, I think you know, practically speaking, I think it's going to take a very long time for us to get there. Initially, yes. I, I think the goal needs to be for for the for early adopters to just start building our own parallel economy, right? Uh, but in, you know, we'll, we'll be an island and the, the population of that island will, will go up over time as, as people realize that that's where he's found. Uh, so, you know, it, it may be, uh, it may be better to, to focus right now on, on, on the early adopters and those of us that already get it right and start building out our own parallel economy, but end goal being that, you know, Monero is, is globally adopted and, and people are using it everywhere for sure. How about yourself? What do you think? Well, to be honest, if uh, I believe in mass adoption, it will be in a very long time. Um, because I just don't think the powers that, was the expression, the powers that be, will uh, allow it, you know? It's not a hazard that every different state has its own currency and that no state has basically a privately invented currency. So... I like the idea of network states, uh, the fact that communities come together uh, all around the world and form uh, micro communities and deploy, deploy capital. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, uh, that when the Monero community gets big enough, we can uh, uh, 
maybe get diplomatic recognition and have, uh, like you said, like a real actual physical island uh, where Monero is used. And uh, from there, it's going to be how can we infect yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't even referring to it as a physical lot, but I mean that that that's great too. But I mean, yeah, you know, we're we're um we're we're there as a as a as an island, you know, a digital island, right? For, for yeah, yeah, I understand that that you mean uh, in uh, in a digital way. Right, right. Body uh, can um, use his big pile of gains to buy an island right off the coast of Homer if he wants. It's only like four million or something. It's just chump change to that guy. To, to, to be honest, I, I think Fluffy could afford it. But, you know, there is no rich list, so how can we even know? I mean, I think that the real usage, the real way we, we start to gain network effect is, is similar to the way we see the dark markets doing it, right? Well, um, exactly. That's my opinion. We, we, we need to grow the free economy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're, we're working on uh, another project. We haven't really spoken much about it, but I know there's Monero Market and there's other attempts... Uh, but we're working at our own little attempt at a Monero-based marketplace, peer-to-peer uh, marketplace where digital cash is the is the is the one and only currency, uh, bringing people together to engage in commerce peer-to-peer. Because I think that's that's really what we need to what we need to get right. Um, so we're 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 taking a stab at that as well. And when I say we, uh, I have Tux helping me out with that. A couple other people, we're making some progress. Um, and it's going to have multi-sig escrow, right? Right, Tux? We're, we're, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we're, we're fairly confident. Uh, yep, we, yep. We, we haven't seen the goods yet, but we have somebody developing it. Um, but yeah, I think that's where we need to all focus as a community. Uh, you know, Everybody repeats it over and over again, but we, we got to take action. We actually, actually have to do it. And we build our, we build our own economy among ourselves, actually, uh, you know. Alaska, Alaska Anon talks very eloquently about this, about, you know, the need for this and how it's really just comes down to professionals around the world coming together and deciding to use Monero to live off of it. And we, you know, have our own economy at that point. Alaska Anon, you want to, you want to throw out some. uh, You have three people uh, sitting uh, in the uh, waiting area. I'll be. I'll just quickly respond to that as well. For a lot of you who would like to see that world come into place, but. Maybe you're not a vendor or, you know, especially people who are in that wagey situation, right? Um, Monero desperately needs a cultural component for the adoption. It's kind of a weird situation that almost nobody has ever been in where you have the technical know-how and you have the economic case so solidly built. But culturally speaking, there's a lot to learn from even the name Monero. It's an Esperanto word. And if you speak Esperanto, you can go anywhere in the world and find a place to live. You can find a place to work with. Uh, as far as I know, there isn't even a country that doesn't have like a, a, a separate Esperanto community where you can just go on a, a special website and like it's a couch surfer for Esperanto speakers. Um, there, there's a lot of room in this world for the cultural component to be tackled. You know, uh, all, all hail Crypto Bear, who is probably the master of building a, uh, the cultural component of Monero adoption. But spread the word by making it cool. Facts. Beautiful. And you know, Monero, more than any other crypto, it, it makes sense to start building this parallel economy with it, right? There's a, there's a, real, there's a, re, there's a real benefit that comes with it. Wow. Ability to transact peer-to-peer in, a, in, an, in an untraceable way. 
uh marco lorenzo what's going on man marco you there <laughs> we see you we hear you i can hear you i'm sorry i will revert to to the line there is echo there is echo if uh... i can hear you at all all right i'm gonna i'm gonna mute his mic uh we got riot riot what's going on man yo man's at the <laughs> just a shadowy internet figure but yes um yeah just walking down the beach here in uh, lithuania oh and nice just thought i would uh, just chill uh, monerica m-o-n-e-r-i-c-a.com as a place for everyone to know that they can participate in the economy just by mentioning any site that they have come across that accepts monero um if anyone doesn't know about this site it's my site that i've made to facilitate the goal of living off monero and any new sites i always try to keep my ear to the underground for anything new so please feel free to uh, message on twitter or on github for any new projects monerica.com yeah it's great i always find myself telling people about that uh it's just it's a your place you go where you can figure it find you know uh thousands now thousands of different ways of how you can spend monero directly differences any any services goods platforms out there that are accepting monero and right you're doing a really good job at keeping it updated thank you it's a community effort i want to thank all the people who've uh submitted change requests pull requests or just given me any kind of insight um it is a community effort it initially took a lot of time to find every but uh you know, I'm happy that people know about it. I'm happy uh, from Monerotopia and Monerotopia who are using it. But I just want to make sure that everybody is aware that this is a directory uh, for any merchant that accepts Monero. But it's not just merchants. We've got nonprofits and also all the open source projects as well. The atomic swaps. So it really is the definitive Monero resource. Uh, but obviously the businesses is uh, what it's most known for. So just uh, wanted to chime in here uh, from another part of the world and say, you know, it's a big world, but it's a small world. Yeah, you're, you're always living to your fullest, man. I love hey, what that. What a place to come onto the show. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty beautiful. Constantly traveling. Yeah, you know, I came out here and uh, it's beautiful Lithuania. You know, it's, it's cheap. It's beautiful. There's no commercial anything. You got sand dunes. Really was popping today. Don't want to put anyone on camera. That's uh, <laughs> obviously a privacy show. But, you know, can't say no to the beautiful sun. Can I just add real quick? Uh, if, if anybody doesn't know who Monero Mateo is, he used to do a thing called Monero Marketing Mondays. And he frequently used Riot's directory, uh, Monerica. And he would just shout out businesses that were making themselves available to the Monero community. Um, and it, it, this, this is, I wish he would have had more time to keep running that show that he was doing because the guy has a very interesting way of, I mean, he's got like bro level peer to peer communication figured out like almost nobody ever did. But like, uh, it, you know, even even if we could get like shorts that we could upload to Monero talk that were kind of the Monero marketing Monday style thing to draw people's attention to what is actually available. I think it might also push people 
I know there's got to be so many people that accept Monero that are not on Riot's uh, directory that need to get on there. And if anybody gets somebody to onboard uh, as a Monero accepting vendor, once they kind of figure out the tech, either they themselves or they should ask the vendor to also put themselves on that directory because a directory is such an invaluable asset for us to already know who accepts Monero and grow the circular economy. Thank you. Yeah. I, any, uh, so every time there's something new added, I try to put it uh, as Twitter. So you don't have to check the site and try to find the difference. You just simply follow on Twitter and I'll try to, I try my best to have the additions for each day that there's an update. So there's no effort on your first drive because it can be daunting to go through hundreds of listings um yeah i'm always welcome for feedback it is a community project donations are the way that it exists but it's obviously trying to solve the problem and have uh towards the purpose of the circular and parallel awesome man yeah yeah we're, we're happy to uh carry that torch uh you know you're, you're free to jump on anytime you want if you want to give updates on monerica let people know the new services you've added and whatnot please do thank you yeah so the, the most recent additions if i was just running that most recent the ethereum and uh, bitcoin timelocks were things that i added just the, the open source projects so um you know even if you're not if you don't want to invest money or start a business or whatever just you know there's plenty of open source project needs help always always fascinated to see what and uh, try to help people out give them a, a, a platform as well but uh yeah thank you so much and uh signing off <laughs> Yeah, enjoy the beach, man. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Thanks Ryan, for the always re reminding people of what you know, kind of what matters in life uh, beyond crypto is actually living, right? That 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 that's the ultimate pursuit. So I, I love him for that as well. The guy knows how to live. Um, what happened to Mister Mister X? I saw he was up there he here. Is. Oh, Mister yeah. X, you want to say anything? Bring him up, Mister X. Long time. You there, man? Yeah, yeah. You can hear me. Hello, hello. Oh, this is a, this test, is a good audio. Uh, <laughs> you, you hear me? Yes. No, it's for me the first great. time. Oh, Just I thought the, we have another. We have another guest. Yeah, I, I thought I recognized the name. From uh, Mr. X. No, no. From the Anarcho Poco community, he jumps on. He gives price reports. But this is this is different, Mr. X. You never. Well, that's that's the, that's the purpose of the name. We, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can slightly recognize the voice, though. I'm not gonna lie. Don't, going don't show the bling bling. Well, I hope I hope you recognize my voice because yeah. it was like a couple of weeks ago we met, yeah. and I was just jumping over. And I really have no message. I'm just enjoying, and if I got uh, something good to say, I tell it uh, on social media. I tried to jump over here and there. What was your What was your overall take at MoneroCon? What did you think? It was nice. It was a different place. It was um, yeah, it was like fifty percent of new people. It was like uh, then the year before in Portugal as well, and then we had an, uh, a nice picture. If you remember, <laughs> yeah, maybe <sure>. maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, so we enjoyed a lot, a lot of information. We hang out after uh, the programs as well we did a little bit of networking it was uh, yeah it was good to good good to see each other to recognize and uh, to go further from there it's like uh, i just met somebody from my own city there i didn't know him and i was like okay we should hang out around and uh, make something try to figure out how we can get the adoption bigger 
to onboard like uh, shop owners and okay what should i say farmers is the best so not now maybe you know what what maybe you know anything you want to say about this project that you're working on for growing adoption yeah we're trying to well to to tell shop owners when they like have uh, accepting monero it will be um, a good thing and they get some discounts we're thinking about uh, at the end of the day or end of the week to get their moneros and change and give them euros for it and something like that the idea to get to get the bigger public i think not only people who want to pay with privacy but also with discount or whatever to onboard people that has nothing to do about privacy just come over and then you learn the privacy later so right, right, right. have you any luck with it have you been out there talking to people yeah yeah sure i'm just I'm just figuring out how big it will can be going. I mean, is is the is the technical thing behind Monero? Is it ready for mass adoption? Is it like, um, yeah, because it has no, it has li- limited transactions per second, right? So it's not like Visa or whatever. But but yeah, we we are focusing on the best best group is like um, the farmers. We can get them on board. Is is the basic thing. And then you got, um, yeah, I'll, yeah. I mean, everybody's welcome. We try to figure out how we can, yeah, make a plan to onboard the shop owners, especially. And you no, know, you, you have you have it. any any farmers that you've been talking to that you were able to like, you know, convince even just personally where you could buy stuff off of them with Monero? Soon, soon, soon. Okay. Pro, pro, soon they, they they will put um, put put the name on the website. And they can see it everywhere on a map or something where you can buy it and where you can sell it. And yeah, that's the thing. But folks, you know, adoption. I mean, uh, I hope the technical thing is uh, is ready for it. So yeah, that's my mission, I think. Yeah, keep us updated, man. It's always exciting yeah. to see like, uh, yeah. you know, passionate people like you actually going yeah. out there and doing the work of getting these shop owners to accept Monero and seeing, you know, people start to use it more locally. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I try to be, yeah, to tell everybody about it. And it's like uh, to my barbershop as well. I say, hey, we accept Monero, I get a haircut at you. And I give you 10% more. But uh-huh. yeah, if you don't, I go <laughs> go to another. No, no problem. We are still friends. But I try to, uh, yeah, to put my money where uh, where it's accepted. Yes. That's the thing. Money talks. Monero talks. Um, Mr. X, yeah. man, thank you for jumping up. And, and uh, I think this is the first time you came on the show, right? I don't think we've ever jumped on before, right? No, no. Just just a test. Figuring <laughs> out if everything's okay. But then, yeah, then I get me in. So yeah, jump on any time, man. And uh, obviously, I, I I enjoy hanging out with you in person when I see you at the conference. We 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 always have a good time. We have a good time. Um, All right. Any anything else we want to uh, put out there? I think I think we're good. We're uh, we're well over two hours at this point. Yep. Um, we got we had a good little viewers on stage session there. That was nice. People popping in. I think we'll we'll call it here. I think so. Good to meet you, Mr. X. Thanks to everyone else who hopped on and talked about stuff. It's always awesome to hear what y'all are doing. Yep. Big thank you to Tux. Thanks, man, for for running the show. Of course. Uh, Happy to do it. Price report, as always. Thank you so much, man. Tony, the news. Uh, Digoon, the dev report. Thanks, thanks to everybody, and then all the all the all the guests that that jumped up, and our special guest, Coin Cards guys. Like we said, you know, great interview. 
They shut down coin cards on cake. Hopefully it's only temporary, but you know, uh, I mean, not coin cards, just shut down the gift card option on cake. And hopefully they figure out a workaround. But in the meantime, we, we have coin cards to rely on. Uh, so you can go there for all your gift card purchasing uh, duties or whatever. <laughs> you use Monero there to purchase coin uh, to purchase gift cards at, at coin cards. Um, I think that's it, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. All right, have a good one, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.